0: Welcome to the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, with my dad and my sister Mary.
1: Hello partygoers, and welcome to... A listening party, spooktacular edition. Ooh, I am the ghost of David Dedrick. Ooh, I'm I'm Mary Dedrick. Mary, you're not a ghost. It is a spooktacular edition. That's too hard to do. I can't do a whole yeah, show like no, that. that. That would be terrible. <laughs> it takes six it would hours. <laughs> six hours just to get through the intro. <laughs> All right, so this this is a spe- spooktacular edition of the listening party. We're going to be playing uh, an assortment of Halloween songs. One of Ian, Yay, Halloween! One, one of Ian Dweethby's claims, my fellow co-host of Sneaky Dragon, one of his claims is that there is only one, Mary, one Halloween song, and that song is the Monster Mash. Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Because, to be fair to Ian...
0: No one else knows any Halloween songs he, <laughs> except for the Monster Mash. Yeah,
1: because that's all they play at Halloween time. Yes. Like, no one bothers to, like dig slightly into the, the history of Halloween music and see if there's anything else to play. They just go, oh, I know a song. It's called The Monster Mash by Bobby, quote, Boris, unquote, Pickett. Mm-hmm. And we'll play that. And But not only did Bobby, Boris, Pickett have other Halloween songs, mm-hmm, for instance, the Werewolf Watusi, which sounds pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, There are other people... Yeah, because
0: he had a whole, like, Boris Karloff impression... That's right. uh, ...thing. To milk. majig
1: He had a thing to milk. Yes. That was his thing. Once he had a hit with it, forever after, every Halloween for a few years in a row, at least, he came out with a Halloween song. And there were other people, too. John Zacherly with My Dinner with Drac." There were these various um, records from the time period. And, you know, it's one of those things of, of time, of course, is that we tend to get rid of all the, you know, extraneous elements... But what's weird about Halloween is we got rid of so many extraneous elements, we're left with one element, and that is the Monster Mash. Mm,
2: yes.
0: So, Which is
1: fine. Yeah, so it's an okay song. I mean, you know, it's the Monster Mash. It's a graveyard smash. So everyone knows it. Everyone everyone <laughs> knows it, and everyone can hum along with it, so that's yep. perfect. But this show, we're going to we have two two things in our agenda, Mare. We're going to, A, uh-huh, play,
0: yep.
1: play some Halloween songs that uh-huh. fall outside of the Monster Mash.
0: Okay, cool. And two?
1: And two, <clears throat> we're going to read listeners uh responses this oh, week good. so I have lots of comments from listeners to go through and also lots of halloween songs to play so i thought we'd get off to a quick start and we're going to play halloween by wade denning and kay lands and this is from uh an album from 1969 called halloween games songs and stories from 1969 and this came out on the golden records label so this was a subsidiary of golden books and they would put out you know Albums for kids to listen to on their on their little tiny phono players that they got, like like my Aristocats record player I had when I was a kid.
0: I was just gonna say, yes, when we were kids, sometimes we would get books mm-hmm. um, that had a little CD in the back.
1: Not often, or not a, a CD, a little record. Yeah, a little usually a forty-five. Record. That's right. Yeah, it, is it, that what that was? Yeah, the same and thing? Big part of that. That's right. And so, uh, um, this might uh, this might have been like a full sized uh, thirty-three and one-third RPM album Ooh. rather than a forty-five, but. Yeah, so this was yeah, for kids to listen to or you could play in class if you're a teacher, you could mm-hmm. use this as as in, instruction at Halloween time to get the cool. kids amped up for going out to get get all their candy.
0: Yeah, cuz they need amping up for that. Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> They're so calm and, <laughs> and collected about this. Ugh, just going to walk like, around, get some candy. Oh, sounds terrible. Yeah, boring. Get to dress up. Don't have
0: to do any schoolwork all day, just get to like play Halloween games all day yeah. in elementary school. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: In my elementary school, mm-hmm. we on Halloween, we had a big, um, the whole gym was turned into like a little Halloween carnival. That's
1: right. That was used to raise money. So uh, the grade sixes, who at that time were the, or no, so the grade seven, sorry, yeah. as part of their graduation year, would get to go to uh, camp. Uh, and so the money was used to pay no, for that. No, in grade
0: six, we went to camp.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. So that, that's yeah. right. Grade six, you went to camp. So that that money was used. So in grade in grade five, we would... No, in grade six. It seems to me that we did it the year before you went, though that we did maybe it was the same year i can't remember now
0: i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it was grade six because i remember the class that i was in oh, okay when okay. we did that okay but yeah so we organized it and we got to build the haunted house and stuff
1: yes we we were tasked your mom and i were tasks uh, with with your with your uncle to mm-hmm. to do the haunted house which is a lot of fun okay so let's before we say any more let's play halloween because we started talking about it and we went off the rails okay so this is uh way denning at K-Lands from uh, 1969 here we go
3: and monsters and howling cats. Spooky masks and jack-o'-lanterns, witches and devils and big black bats.
4: H-A-L-L-O-W-E-N spells Halloween. E N spells Halloween.
3: We get you candy and apples. Then go to the next house and get some more.
4: H A W L O W W E N spells Halloween. H A W L O W W E N spells Halloween.
1: All right, and we're back. And Mary, to be honest, I left off about two minutes of sound effects that introduced this it's song. The <laughs> yeah. It's just to me, you know, it's just supposed to be a musical thing, not a right. not a sound effects ex- extravaganza. So that's
0: fair. Yeah, you're not playing it like when you're walking through a haunted house or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. or like yeah, in like a party where it could be kind of fun for that. It's yeah, just, it's, yeah. We are- is just a different music for us here. Sure, yeah. and uh, but if you would like to hear the full version of that song, yeah, you can find it on YouTube. Or... There is actually a pretty fun version. Of YouTube, okay, which has like a fan-made stop motion. Okay, um, thing mm-hmm. that was just made. It was did like seven years ago. Okay, um, but it was like recorded on an iPhone, and it has like the guy's website who did it.
1: Okay, cool. cool.
0: Um, it's really cool if you want to watch that. It's yeah, I will.
1: I will uh, make a note of it and link it. Yeah, put a link cool. on our on our page, and Wade Denning. Kay Land was a kind of long-time Golden Records person. She mm-hmm. did a lot of, you know, games and story albums. Wade Denning kind of more concentrated in the the Halloween horror end of okay. things. And he did a lot of albums with, you know, terrifying stories for kids with right. sound effects and things like that, and, and lots of terrible things happening to adults, which, of course, is hugely amusing to children. Oh, it is. The kids love all that kind of stuff. And the song itself is based on Saint-Saint's Dance Macabre, has a little bit of it anyway in there, so kind of a sped-up version of... Of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's theme song, as I mm. like to think of it, I can hear that. Do 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 do. Doo I think I heard mm-hmm. one. I, I went off the rails there. No, about huh. four notes into that I get what you're attempt saying. to reproduce it. <laughs> I get, I get what you're saying. It's <laughs> <laughs> one sort of those things where you're like, I know how that song goes. Do 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 do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've all been there. No need to go into uh, <laughs> any more of that. So, so mayor.
0: Yes, Dad.
1: Growing up, we had a lot of fun at Halloween. We were a Halloween family, I would we think. We are. Partly because your mom's birthday is on Halloween. Yes. So that kind of gives the day an extra little bit of thrill. It does. And also, probably for her, kind of a bit of a painful r- withdrawing of attention mm, for Yeah. her <laughs> celebrations. think <fair. laughs> that's way more exciting than your, oh, yeah, it's your birthday, mom? You know what? We're getting candy. We're getting candy later. So. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> it's, <laughs> glad it's your birthday, but, but she often went... Took you around for Halloween?
0: Yes, she usually would for trick or treating,
1: and I would uh, stay at home and be the
0: candy hander, candy
1: distributor, which I I enjoy doing greatly. So yeah, that's uh, I guess that was part of her her birthday celebration was to take you guys around the neighborhood getting candy. Yeah, which is part of the fun. Mm-hmm. And but, I mean, we're
0: also uh, I think as a family we're we're a fan of spooky things too.
1: Yep, I like horror movies a lot.
0: I like horror movies. We watched, yeah. I mean, we've always watched stuff like that too.
1: Yes, we last week we watched The Thing together. Yeah, yeah, last week. Good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, I actually prefer. I've actually not been in a, all that much in a horror movie mood the last little while.
0: I haven't either. I think. I think there's just been a lot going on. Yeah, I kind of haven't really been wanting more of that in my life <laughs> yeah i think that's
1: how i feel i've been more looking for movies where it's kind of like i hope this movie has like a happy
0: yeah cool, lucky
1: feel to like it and comforting yeah yeah fair?
0: well I've, I've been returning to a lot of sort of comfort food tv mm,
1: like mm. yeah things that
0: i, I know i enjoy yeah. i was watching buffy today <laughs>
1: yeah, okay so even though it has a horror element to it
0: yeah it's still it's still i know i know all the beats you yeah, know yeah like any bad things that happen and i, I expect them and you overall, literally
1: grew up watching that show. i
0: did literally grow up watching that show i watched it when it originally aired <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's right yeah
0: i remember uh we would record it on our on our vcr yes we would like record the episodes and watch them the next day yeah
1: yeah yes those good old days of vcr <laughs> <laughs> which actually i rarely did after a point in my life yeah when i was younger i would always
0: record always things.
1: record things And watch them the next day. And then eventually, I guess life got kind of busy and it was more just whatever was on TV was good enough. Mm, Yeah. And I kind of stopped watching shows that weren't available when I was available to watch them. You know, I guess that's part of growing up, becoming a boring person like my dad. (laughs) All right. So let's listen to another horror song, horrific song, Mary.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: This is, oh, I you said what you liked. You liked... Halloween, oh yeah, this is a
0: fantastic it. song. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good song, and it's a really good opener too. Sure. So sure. it was kind of like I'm not really sure how this Halloween mix is gonna go, <laughs> and then the song I was like, yes, I'm into this. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah,
1: okay, that's good. That's fun. All right. Well, I just was. Went... Is it?
0: Is <laughs> it? It's not kids singing though. It's Kayland singing. Kayland
1: singing. singing with kids. I think it's more sort of okay. like a kids chorus. Okay. Yeah. Because
0: yeah, I was gonna say I really like the kids singing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what, yeah, what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I think it's her kind of leading leading the the troops. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they have, and they have, you know, it's good kid singers as well. It's like, well, yeah. it's well done. It's not a bunch of squalling <laughs> noise, you know, it's kids all singing in tune, which is hard to do. So sure. is hard to do. That. I was in a children's choir. I know how hard that is. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm in an adult church choir. I know how hard yeah. it is with adults and uh, anyone's hard to sing in Honestly, in tune.
0: I think adults are harder to, uh, to corral into doing
1: things. Sure. Well, maybe before we play the next song, I'm going to, I'll just say my, um, my, Goal, I guess, or whatever my principles of in this in this. Uh, it's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean. The kind of overall your standards. My, my overall idea of this mix was okay. Going to be partly Halloween songs, okay. But to be honest with you, songs that are like based on the Monster Mash over and over again mm-hmm. aren't that exciting. No, and so I kind of i, I A, wanted to find songs that were different genres or from different eras, right? And so had different kind of sounds to them. And so there's a ton of, like, doo-wop songs of this sort. And you could, like, fill a whole a whole hour with, of that. But, I, you know, I just don't want to hear all doo-wop songs. Yeah. I don't want to hear all rockabilly songs. So yeah. I kind of mix it up. So I have some country. I've got some bubblegum. I've got some modern, like, uh, two, I think it's 2001 song. That's, okay. That's the that's most recent song. And so I just tried to kind of mix it up. And some of the songs are directly Halloween related. You know, I wanted to have – I was looking for songs with classic monsters in them. So Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, et cetera. And then I was looking for uh, songs, and then I just put some songs on that have kind of a morbid or, you know, kind of macabre element to them. Right. And so that was sort of my purview. That's the word I was looking for, maybe my purview mm, in yes. this whole in this whole endeavor. And I keep using $3 words for the rest of the show. Sure. And so let's listen to this song. This is uh, pretty much like an out-and-out rockabilly raver with... Uh, the only kind of connection to to uh, Halloween is the blood-curdling scream that occurs okay. during the song. So this is Ralph Nelson and the Chancellors, mm-hmm. and their song Scream, that uh, came out on Surf Records in 1962, uh, and this is uh, Scream, everyone. Here we go. <laughs> we're back and that was ralph nelson and the chancellors and mary what did you think of uh, that song
0: what did i think of that song uh i thought it was fine oh you thought it was fine yeah it was okay
1: so you're not too into the rockabilly rave up i guess and... no okay <laughs> i also
0: didn't yeah i mean i didn't really see it being super halloween yeah related yeah. but that's okay
1: well I, I like the uh i just think there's very few songs that have that horrible a scream in them
2: okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pretty, that's fair.
1: it's a blood curdling scream and so yeah it's kind of fun the other side of the the um 45 is a song called Little Demon. So I think it was sort of intended as sort of a Halloween related thing. Um, there's not much about Ralph Nelson and the Chancellors, besides that they performed in New Jersey because the Surf Records is obviously a very small label. You can tell from looking at the label of the 45. And they are, and the label at the time was recla- re- located at 520 Oregon Avenue and the beautifully picturesque name of Bricktown, New Jersey. Bricktown. I just, I just really like that name, Bricktown. All right, so Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh let's let's read some letters.
0: Okay, let's hear some letters. And
1: you're going to start? I am. Yeah, you're going to start. This is uh from episode 46, which was the ep- of course, for the episode that was our last listener's comment episode. We had some comments about a comment. So, <laughs> let's start off uh, and you can read.
0: So, wait, wait, wait. episode 46 was our last listener comment show? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Get it. All right. So, <laughs> episode 46. This is from Louise. Thanks for writing in, Louise. She says, Thanks for another insightful and entertaining listening party. Here are my faves from everyone's lists. Louise's top five of the top fives. Flagpole Sitta. I'm not a grunge fan, so I enjoyed its poppier sound and its self-aware take on grunge cliches. Heaven's Hound. This one ticked two boxes for me, as I'm a sucker for A. Scottish Accents, and B. Dying Sweetheart Songs. (laughs) Kiss me, but only because it provoked Mary's highly amusing rant over Sixpence None the Richer's inexcusable version of the laws There She Goes, which led to her excellent query, this is in all caps, but if you like something, why would you destroy it? (laughs) She says, I checked out the cover's official video, and I concluded the answer is to get 14.6 plus million views on YouTube. Oops, because of me, it's fourteen point six views plus one uh, Care of Cell forty four. With its optimistic lyrics and hopeful harmonies, I thought it was a good metaphor for looking forward to post pandemic life. Mm. Bracket Jesus hits like the End Bracket Atom Bomb. You don't hear a lot of technology mentioned in gospel lyrics aside from chariots, trains on the and the odd boat, so I appreciated the more topical reference. Relativity wait. Relativity speaking, heh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's leaving out. There's a song called God's Automobile. Oh, yeah, that's a gospel song. Okay,
0: maybe that fits into chariots.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's a chariot. I guess that's right.
0: Um, speaking of sunshine, science. They, oh, sorry. Speaking of science, they might be giants. Did a cover I uh, of a song I like. No wait. Did a oh did a cover of a song I like of Why Does the Sun Shine? Which is why I saw sunshine. Sunshine. Mm. Bracket, the sun is a mass of incandescent gas, end bracket. After some fact-checking, they did a follow-up song. Why does the sun really shine? Bracket, the sun is a miasma of incandescent plasma, end bracket. (laughs) Uh, Which made me recall that Moxie Fruvis also did some science songs for kids. So I looked them up. And yikes, I totally forgot Gameshi was in that group. Dave, can you please do a top five I separate the art from the artist song? I want to be outraged. <laughs> oh, P.S. Sorry, that should be flagpole sitter, not Sitter. I would blame autocomplete, except I don't have it on this computer. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: yes. Yeah, that's, uh, that was a challenge that I, I thought, I, when I first read this, I thought of it. I haven't acted on it, which is a uh, top five songs by artists that you don't want to know about. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Including I don't think I'd put uh John Gomeshi, which because I never liked Moxie Fruvis, who are more kind of like a a goofy vocal quartet or qu- okay. quintet who sang yeah. songs about, you know, my girlfriend's a librarian or something like that, you know, the sort of songs where mm, don't have sort, that of, type sort of sort of songs, but okay. nerdcore, I guess oh, you call okay. it. So.
0: Like speaking speaking of they might be giants.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> something like that where you are just kind of like, mm, "Okay, I get it. You're clever."
2: Yeah.
1: But how about some music? <laughs> All right. Speaking of music, Mary. Yes. Before we get to your next letter, let's let's go with the Swingin' Phillies to Frankenstein's party.
0: Oh, okay. Let's go. It's Halloween. Yeah. I'll go to Frankenstein's party. Let's just check it out.
1: Let's go.
5: Well, there's going to be a party tonight. Rock, rock to the Frankenstein's rock. To the Pakistan spot.
1: What did you think of uh, Frankenstein's party?
0: I thought it was fun. Um it's not necessarily a style that I really like, mm-hmm. um, but I do find it more palatable as like a novelty song for yeah. some reason.
1: Okay. Uh I am actually a fan of doo quite a quite a big fan of doo-wop music. But uh yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um it came out on Deluxe Records in nineteen uh oh I didn't write down the date it came out. Wait <laughs> why didn't I do that, everyone? Why huh. didn't I I, I was looking it up and I was looking at stuff. You know what interested me though, because I was looking at the single and on the single itself, it has, it has uh, like a bio for the band. So on one side, it says, The boys form their group after discovering each other at their church, which had music and voice classes. Charles and Phil still attend high school, while the other boys have been graduated. Have you ever heard of said that the way? Have been graduated? They range in age from 17 to 20. And then on the other side of the record, which was a song called L-O-V-E, uh, it says, The Swingin' Phillies are a Philadelphia based group and are composed of Charles Cosum, lead, Philip Hurt, first tenor, Richard Hill, second tenor, Ronald Hedden, baritone, and Al Hurt, bass. Uh, he, and he was also the founder of the group and wrote both of the songs on the single.
0: 1957.
1: 1957. Thank you, Mary. So, yes, that was uh, the Swingin' Phillies, who, as you can tell from the name, came from Philadelphia.
0: I thought that they were just a big fan of the cheesesteak.
1: <laughs> or the cheese. Or the cream cheese. Yeah, siege yep. fans of ch- the cheese. Alright. Uh, so our next letter is from Chris Roberts and I will uh, take I will read this one. We're gonna alternate, Mary and I are gonna alternate. So Chris says, Wow, I can't believe you played all those songs on one show. Seems like you guys must, I don't know, really dig music or something. Thanks for having <laughs> a few of us partygoers over to the virtual Stew Stew studio this bi week. Thank you, Chris, for putting everything that Mary bugs Mary into one sentence. thanks. It was great to get your thoughts on listeners' comments and to hear everyone's top five lists. I was a bit embarrassed at how many weedy productions and gated snares had snuck their wicked way into my choices. That's what happens when you pay more attention to the song in your head rather than the actual recording.
0: That's okay. I mean... You know, it's it's not about what we think about the song. It's about what you think. about Yeah, the song.
1: exactly. We're we reserve comment. You should see us pointing to our mouths and making retching sounds when <laughs> when we're listening to them when the mics off. <laughs> Mary's not on Spotify selections. We're all fantastic. There must be differences between Spotify in Europe and North America. The UK version does include. Give me just a little more time. <laughs> Almost seven million listens and Nomads, High L- oh, that's where you, that's where you played Nomads was on yeah. your top five. Of that High Llamas were new to me, and I've been enjoying discovering more from them. It's an odd thing, but even though I'm not a fan of the Beach Boys, what I do enjoy lots of bands who've been inspired by them.
0: That's fair. It took me a long time to get into the Beach Boys, actually.
1: I guess I I guess the Beach Boys. To be fair to people who don't enjoy the Beach Boys, they do kind of straddle pre pre Beatles and post Beatles. And so, you know, they're drawing from a lot of older music, like American music forms that the Beatles didn't draw from as much. Like the Beatles were more of interested in rockabilly, you know, coming and and uh, and R and B music coming from America, and weren't like I don't. They did do a couple of songs that had like a doo wop sound to them, uh, which I do really like those songs. Um, and
0: as I just said, I do not like doo wop. Reddit was a yeah. Sort of my one of my big issues boys, was that kind of doo wop
1: piece. Yeah, well, particularly because they drew not even from doo wop, but they drew from kind of white vocal quartets like the Four Freshmen or the Mad Lads and groups like that that you know sang in these very, very vanilla white bread, uh, kind of soft jazz inspired, but not even not even like having the coolness of jazz to them. And you know, they'll do songs like that on some of their albums, and you're just like, ooh. What is this? <laughs> you know, and it's just like this carefully you know put together, everyone's voice is just you know they all have to like lean into the mic together and listen to each other with their finger in one ear, all kind of singing, and then do that kind of swooping vocal thing where the you know one, one voice goes goes down an octave or up up a bit, and you know and creates these interesting harmonies, and it's all very cool, I guess if you're singing it, but to a modern listener, it's, it leaves you a bit a little cold because it's from a, an era that you don't really have a connection to anymore. Whereas to me, all the kind of post Beatles stuff like Beatles and stuff that came after the Beatles, we really connect to, at least for my generation, we really connect to because that's so much part of the musical language for so long after. I mean, you know, the Beatles pretty much set the template for rock music, you know, even like Abbey Road, it was hard for bands to get past and it really kind of, really kind of. heavily influences most of the 70s sounds, you know. I mean, they made it more smoother and more polished and it's got more and more kind of removed from its original kind of rough-hue and Beatles self. But it, you know, Abbey Road was that kind of template, you know. Mm -hmm. So it really is ingrained in us. Whereas music that comes before that, and that would include much of the Beach Boys, the Beach Boys were already a really popular band in America before the Beatles arrived. I mean, the 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 single that the Beach Boys released as kind of a, to answer the challenge of the Beatles was, I get around. So that's like the first post-Beatles song by by the Beach Boys. And uh, I would say that song is different in sound and intent than the earlier stuff, which is much more surf-oriented. But anyway, enough of that, but that. Um, Chris goes on to say, my comparison of Karen Dalton to a fine malt got lost in translation. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, I'll let you go on. In Scotland, we use the word malt to describe a good whiskey, usually aged at least eight years and from a single distillery.
2: Hmm.
1: If I would said Scotch, you'd have known what I meant, but no self-respecting Scot ever uses that word except I just did, didn't I? Damn it. Okay, two things. One, we were joking. Mm-hmm. Pretending that we didn't understand what you meant by malt, yes. we just took that word and ran with it. Yeah, sorry for that. To any confusion, <laughs> maybe we should have like an irony <laughs> alarm: bing, bing, bing. When we're doing stuff like that, um,
0: sometimes on the internet to uh, indicate sarcasm, people will go like slash s. Yeah, yeah. Case, we'll I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, with slash instead. s. Uh,
1: and then the other thing is. Uh, My Orcadian mother-in-law cured me once and for all of using the word scotch, which I even like, nowadays, I I, I shudder when I say scotch eggs, or, uh, Mm -hmm. do you want a scotch mint? Oh, did I just say scotch?
0: (laughs) You like, look around to see if she's standing behind you.
1: Chris says, very intrigued to hear your cheese mix, Dave. Hope it includes Springsteen's Philadelphia, and of course, J.J. Kale's, call me the brie. And he says, oh, come on, that's a quality gag. (laughs) Yeah, that was. It made me gag. That was a quality gag. Thanks. <laughs> Supposed to be "Call Me the Breeze," Mary. Okay. All right. So now we're gonna go to another song, Mary. Okay. This is uh, Boots Walker from 1967 with "They're Here." <laughs>
5: I saw them, I did, I did, I did, I saw them, I really did. They come at night, they sneak at night, they take the power from my lights. They fly around without a sound and scare
6: those little towns. They watches when we eat and walk they analyze the way we talk they're watching us they are they are they're watching yes they are from me to california up in michigan too they're seen all around the world by millions it's true those little weirdo things in their fire machines i'm telling you they're watching you they're here they are they are they are
5: they're here they really are I saw them, I did, I did, I did, I saw them, I really did. The
2: little people
5: are Don't ever try to look in their eyes, I guarantee they'll hypnotize, they'll make you feel it's just a dream and take you in their machine.
6: They're seen all around the world by millions, it's true. Those little weirdo things in their flying machines, I'm telling you, they're watching you. They're here, they are, they
5: are, they are, they're here, they really are. I saw them, I did, I did, I did, I saw them, I really did. Little people are.
1: Alright, and we're back. <sighs> Mayor, what mm-hmm. did you think of uh, they're here?
0: Um it was okay. It was okay. I don't like talk singing. Okay. <laughs> and also I was really surprised that Crazy Frog showed up for a little bit in it.
1: I don't know what Crazy Frog you is. You don't know what
0: Crazy Frog is? No. What? How do you not know what Crazy Frog is? I
1: know of Crazy Fo- Frog, but I do not know what Crazy Frog sounds like.
0: Oh ring ding 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 like that. Is that in the song? Kind of. Hmm. Crazy frog. It's crazy frog, dad.
1: Oh, we had to take a slight pause there while I listened to Crazy Frog, which I, I'll to be honest, I did know the song. I didn't know it was called Crazy Frog. Mm. And uh,
0: I don't know if it's actually called Crazy Frog. The guy's called Crazy Frog. Okay. The frog guy.
1: Mm. Oh, frog so guy. they're just using. Oh, so they just put someone else's song to, to the to a Crazy Frog video. Is that right? Uh,
0: a... I don't know. You <laughs> were.
1: I'm asking the wrong person. Yeah. I should be. You're I should asking be. Asking me for
0: more Crazy Frog information. I should
1: be. I should be asking the Fra- Crazy Frog cast.
0: I think yeah, he's like a character. Okay. Um oh he it says here on um Wikipedia. Yeah. So he's Swedish CJ animated character, blah blah blah. He was originally created to accompany a sound effect produced by Daniel Maldemal M- Maldemal M- Mal de in nineteen ninety seven while attempting to imitate the sound of a two stroke engine. <laughs>
1: So I guess that's the beginning of the song, where he's like... Okay. Yeah. And then, um,
0: yeah, they remixed the song "Axel F from the soundtrack of Beverly Hills Cop.
1: Oh, that's where that song comes from. Okay. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's his rocket. That's what that is. I knew it sounded familiar. Ugh. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, any other thoughts on on there here, Mary?
0: Uh, No, I don't have any other thoughts on that song but i do just want to say that in yeah. 2005 crazy frog recorded that remix releasing it as axel f but it has become known as the crazy frog song okay so okay you know i wasn't wrong yeah, yeah no no it's <laughs> fine
1: you're just just following the, the the culture yeah
0: it was also a ringtone for a while hmm. anyway
1: so this came out on a on a label big label called rust records uh backed with a song called a bum can't cry in 1967 and uh, boots walker was the nom de tune of a fellow named louis Zerato, who also wrote the song and uh he's i don't know he's one of those guys that are just kind of i don't know what people i I always wonder when i'm looking up songs like this that probably weren't hugely successful and and then it's like the guy does something in 67 and then later on in 1973 under his own name he has a single on atlantic called louis which is an equally odd song but what did he do in between like did he just work in a deli like, like it's, it seems weird, right? Like, yeah. was he working in music? Was he like a session musician? It doesn't really say. Like, it, did he write songs? He just mm-hmm. doesn't have any songwriting credits. It's just, it's weird.
0: I mean, maybe he, he might
1: have got into jingle writing, I guess, and yeah, working, I mean, working. I
0: mean, I think people sometimes do just take some time off to like make some money for themselves, with, yeah, like making money musically, and then come back to it. Mm-hmm. I was reading about there's a um Canadian artist, yep, who pretty popular right now, whose name i'm blanking on okay but he um yeah i was like reading his like wikipedia thing and he worked as a um singer in uh or yeah, he like had a few bands in vancouver for a while okay but wasn't really successful then he moved to montreal he worked on like road crews and stuff okay for, like a year and then went back to hmm. and i mm-hmm. was quite cool.
1: yeah but you don't know his name
0: i can't well i know it i just can't remember it
1: right now okay uh do you want to read the next letter um
0: yeah i do name yep sure i don't know, I don't know what... it's
1: fine no one's gonna know no one's got no one else is gonna recognize it if you, if you see it
0: um all right our next letter is from ed druganski i'm adding a late edition of my top seven songs seven do with it as you will i couldn't narrow it down to five i have no context or theme for these only that it's my top seven of all time each one brings a memory to mind of a specific and memorable moment in my past. So for reasons of brevity, these could be labeled as top 7 songs from the soundtrack of Ed's life. I'm curious, David and Mary, if you two would be able to do the same. You mentioned frequently on the show that a song may be your favorite. Does that mean of all time? I'm challenging you both to list your 5 all-time favorite songs of all time. Maybe even top 10 if you need the room. The way I give these merit is that... That they're the five songs you never skip and always enjoy hearing, even if it's been one hundred times. You may even repeat it immediately. You like it so much. And here's his top seven songs from the soundtrack of Ed's Life. Are we gonna Uh, listen to the songs? Yeah, we're gonna listen to the songs. Should I list them all, or should I just list one and then we listen to it?
1: You can just list one and we listen to it.
0: Okay. So the first one listed is "Shattered" by The Rolling Stones.
1: All right. Here we go.
7: i
0: Song is Money for Nothing by Dire Straits.
1: All right, so this is from uh, Brothers in Arms from 1985, so we'll give it a listen. Six. And we're back. And Mary, I don't want to comment too much on these songs, just because we one one is these are songs that that obviously mean a lot to Ed, mm. so he does not need my editorial
8: yeah,
1: editorializing. Let, me, I mean... let me just say though, "It's Shattered" is a great song. I love the. It's like it was basically built around a guitar sound. I think it feels like someone like like Keith Richards or Ron Wood, one of them discovered like this cool guitar sound, almost underwater guitar sound, and they're just like, "Oh, this would sound great in a song." <laughs> and then they wrote the song around it, and then the, this made this goofy song with like all these people talking, the, you know, making kind of weird background vocals and stuff it's really good it's a fun song but anyway let's uh let's go to the next song which is
0: dream away by george harrison
1: all right from gone tropo this is uh, from 1982 let's listen to george
6: Island, thunder sky is black
9: as day. Bowing
10: a dream away. All right, in the night.
8: centuries, you don't know where you land, it's so dark in mythology, treasures of history to be found, here's the legends of time, all the handiworks remain.
1: soundtrack the movie where uh the movie magnolia the last time tom cruise acted from what? 1999 wait what wait what, what
0: what do you mean the last movie tom cruise
1: acted what do you mean the last movie that tom cruise acted well, no i just mean it's the last here. it's the last film where tom cruise played a character that wasn't tom cruise
0: what, wasn't like an action star yeah Oh, okay. yeah interesting like most of his
1: films since then um and i'm probably missing some films where he wasn't an action star. But most of his films since then have seemed to be in an action vein. Right. You know, and usually him as, him as a good guy. In this movie, he's not a good guy. Okay. He's a very conflicted character. He He's a misogynist uh, who's taken his poor relationship with his father and turn, turned it against women. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does really well in the role. Like, it's, it's a really good... He has a great acting job in the film. But it feels like it's the last time that he really kind of put himself out there as an actor you know,
0: right? Rather than like he's he's been playing it pretty safe. He's
1: been a movie. He's been a yeah. He's been a a movie icon since then. Rather than an actor, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm saying that I love his movies, as you know. Yes, I love like the Mission Impossible films, and I like. I thought Oblivion was a good movie. You know, like lots of stuff that people have like, um, not like today at all. Like Night and Day, I think is like another great movie. But you know, I would admit that they're just Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise in movie. You know yeah. what I
0: mean? Yeah, Yeah, and I mean. Yeah, like a lot of what he's doing is um, he he tends to stick to guaranteed hits as much as he can, you know. Yeah, and it's a rec- like,
1: it's a recognition of the fact that he's an aging actor. Yeah, and then he needs to, in order to maintain the position that he wants, which mm-hmm. is like one of the great, one of the you know big biggest actors in the world. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think I wonder too how much Scientology has to play in that as well where people are quite critical of that Mm. and so rather than sort of giving them space to criticize that he's sticking to being like to creating this persona that is as heroic as possible yeah yeah. so people can't be like oh that tom cruise i think of him as a bad guy yeah because he was a bad guy in magnolia and he's a scientologist (laughs) and so they're like oh tom cruise he's a good guy he's a scientologist sure but he's also a really good guy look at him in all these good movies where he's a good person Yeah, yeah right yeah yeah have we played the song yet
1: Well, let's play it now if we haven't. This is uh, Momentum by Amy Mann. Right, and we're back um, and uh, what's the next song man? our
0: next song is Learning to Fly by Pink Floyd
1: ah Ed I couldn't help but editorialize a little bit here Ed editorialize editorialize Ed 1980s Pink Floyd really this is I mean this is nostalgia right Ed this is nostalgia all nostalgia okay this is uh, Learning to Fly from Pink Floyd
0: song is baker street by jerry rafferty
1: Ah, baker street by jerry song
0: uh, which everyone knows because of its saxophone bit yes everyone knows that saxophone one
1: of the greatest sax parts in a song like (laughs) that that, the sax guy seriously should have got a co-writing credit for this song because it makes the song what it is but let's give a listen to baker street
9: You're trying, you're trying
1: So that was Jerry Rafferty from City to City from 1978. And Mary, what is. I also,
0: wait, I want to say one Ooh, last thing no, about Baker Street, no, no, oh. which is that the um sax guy should definitely be credited, mm. not just because that part is so iconic, but also because his name is Raphael Ravenscroft. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me.
1: Wow. That's almost as good as the name of the guy who sang. Uh, you're a meatman, Mr. Grinch. Which is? Thoral Ravenscroft. Oh, yeah. But I love that name, Thoral.
0: Thoral is interesting. Scandinavian?
1: I really don't know. Probably.
0: Probably. All right. What's and his we'll seventh look. and final Lastly, song? Lastly, we have All Star by Smash Mouth. Wow. Which I associate with the movie Shrek, personally. Okay.
1: I think Ed does as well. think so? Yeah. I think that's why he likes Shrek. the song so Shrek much. Fan? He's a huge Shrek fan. I've heard that he wears a shirt that says, number one Shrek fan. Okay. When hmm. he's walking around in his... Tony lives in in texas uh so yeah this is smash with everyone from their album from 2001 astro lounge
11: somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me i ain't the sharpest tool in the shed she was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an l on her forehead well the years start coming and they don't stop coming
1: Thank you, Ed, for that. We appreciate. I love getting, even though I was making fun of a couple of songs. I love making. I love, I love getting uh, people's favorite songs because I just it's it's uh, a hoot to me. And sometimes I hear songs that I haven't heard for a while, and uh, it's enjoyable. Like, mm. like um, "Money for Nothing" by Dire Straits, mm. which is a song I've not rated very well through my life. No, but I I was a fan of Dire Straits when I was younger. Like I liked um, "Sultans of Swing," and that song from I think it's about making movies. Is it Tunnel of Love? Well, anyway, there's a song on a, on another one of their uh, records that came after the first album, which I think I, I I love so much. But it's been a while since I listened to it. I will have to go back and listen to those albums again. But uh, yeah, listening to Money for Nothing, I was like, you know what? This is actually a really well done song. It's hmm. too bad that it has a few '80s moments in it. Right. They kind of sour it a little bit for me. Yeah. But but like like the guitar in it is great, and uh, you know, it's got it's, you know it's got a it's got a good groove, and you can dance to it, as the kids used to say.
0: Cool. And you know what? What's that? I think Shrek has a pretty good soundtrack.
1: Yeah, oh, well, has Rufus Rainwriting. doing Hallelujah? And they have a lot
0: of very iconic. Oh, sorry.
1: hey, what are you doing? Quit beating up your microphone, Mary. You. I'll take you to labor relations.
0: Um, they they have just have a lot of really. It's like a very iconic soundtrack. Mm, you know, mm.
1: it says this is two thousand. Yeah. 2001. <laughs> yeah, and I
0: mean, like maybe it for me it's because I grew up watching that movie. Yeah, right. Two thousand one. I was 7 Year seven. Yeah um so yeah so and i would have watched that one then and then shrek 2 like when i was nine or whatever yeah and then, yeah i don't know if i saw the third track would have been
1: no i think we did is the third one with the king played by john cleese or is that the second one
0: uh uh no well the third one came out until like i would have no i'm reading the synopsis or i read the plot synopsis
1: oh i guess
0: i don't remember it
1: yeah Maybe we're too cool by that. Attempts
0: to convince Fiona's or Prince Charming attempts to convince Fiona's underachieving old cousin Artie to reign instead because he doesn't think that Shrek is fit to be. I have no recollection of that. Yeah, no recollection recollection of that.
1: Yeah, Hmm. it's a new one to me too. Yeah. Hmm. All right, there's the last little bit of. uh,
0: Oh yes, and there our last little bit here is. By the way, oh P.S. By the way, this show was great. Thanks for reading the letters, and I love the top fives from the listeners. Way to mix it up and have a lot of fun. I also loved Mary's top five. You raised a young woman with taste and style, Dave. Oh, oh well, no. thank you. Well, thank you too, <laughs>
1: Um,
0: I don't remember having my top five on a no, top, top five song Spotify? Yeah. Songs? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. That was good. All right. Um, but wait, wait, wait. wait. Oop, sorry. Hold on. Yeah. I
0: want to go back to his challenge. Okay. Which was for both of us to list our five all-time favorite songs. Yeah. of All time. Yeah. That seems really hard.
1: Yeah, I don't think I could. I don't think I could do that. I feel like. I feel like this mixtape. Project is as close as I could get, like not every song, but this would contain like a bunch of songs that yeah. to me are super, super important songs that I would never skip, or, or and always be right. willing to listen to again. Mostly, uh, mostly, yeah. Some are some were just thrown on because I think
0: there's been a few songs that we've gotten to where you're like, this one I'm not too sure about. But yeah,
1: like, some of them were of the moment that I, I maybe heard it at the time when I was putting together the list, and I was like, oh, this is a fun song.
0: I think the other thing that is, well, I don't know if I don't know if you can actually say that because. You made a very conscious decision to not in- include things that were overly popular. That's so true. So you don't have any Beatles on here. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. But, so it doesn't have I'm the Walrus, which would you know be my favorite Beatles song yeah. and, and definitely a song that I could listen to not just once or twice, but over and over again. Strawberry Feels Forever, was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like most, I really, let's say most of the kind of prime Beatles stuff I could, yeah. I could re-listen to. You didn't, to that you much didn't put
0: really any, did you put any birds on here? Or no. You thought they were too popular? Too popular. Yeah. Same was... Same with, no, we've had a few kink songs, or did you try to steer away from that bit too?
1: I tried to, yeah, I tried to steer away, I mean, I put a Who song on, but I put a Who song that was like a, a song that was only available if you bought like the, the special edition right, version yeah. of the album, you know, it was, a, it was a deleted song. So yeah, I tried to not put on too much stuff. Sometimes, you know, some things like Greyhound Girl, I had just bought like the Lifehouse sessions right. at the time, and so... I heard "Greyhound Girl" and I was like, "Oh, I love this song," and I'm gonna put it on someone's mixtape. So mm-hmm. that you know, like some you know decisions are kind of made like that. So
0: yeah, I could probably do a top five albums of all time.
1: Okay, okay. Do you want to do it now, or are you gonna? Um, do you want to? Do you want to wait till next next episode? And, and I could
0: what? probably I could probably list some list them off. Okay. Um. Okay. Top five albums of all time. Sure. Would be not in any particular order. Sure. Um. Karen Lowell by Sophia Stevens. Okay. Dear Catastrophe Waitress by Bone Sebastian. Good one um hat of hollow by the smiths okay which i don't consider a compilation album because <laughs> they are different mixes of the songs than were available on the album or the single releases okay so that's there opinion. are
1: some singles on it it's it is it is still it is still a catch-all it it's still a compilation but it's that's different fine. mixes of the songs yeah yeah um it's not a greatest hits and that's i think that's, that's, that's what makes it thing, different yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not like Best of the Smith. So no. no. It's like, yeah. It was created with a specific vision. Sure. And is still like, it's has called, like an album. The specific vision was, format. let's cash in. No, well, yeah, that's the vision of every <laughs> album. Let's be real. Um, Illinois by Sophia and Stevens.
1: Two Sophia and Stevens yes. songs. Wow. Sophia and
0: Stephens. my last one. Last one.
1: Wow, you're not going to get a Sloan song, or a Sloan album on this. Sorry? You're not, gonna get a, you're not even going to get a Sloan album on no, this.
0: No, I think I am. I think it would probably be. So
1: you can leave local rapids off. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to think about it?
0: navy blues by sloan
1: okay wow and no and no local rabbits
0: no local rabbits cool because i i love the local rabbits a lot yeah they're fantastic but i don't think that they're i think that their albums aren't super strong you know like i think that they
1: i would disagree with you a little bit but okay to me the first album is i think i I would leave song i would leave songs off of it because i feel like there's something
0: i don't know if i like i think
1: you can't stand behind every song
0: Every that's the thing, I can't say I'm every song. Yeah. Each of these other ones I've listed has not the Sofia ones, those yeah. are perfect. Yeah. Um, but Sloan and Bell and Sebastian, they have they each have one song in there that I'm kind of like meh about, but mm-hmm. it's still a good song. Yeah. If someone else had done it, and if it wasn't like if it wasn't on that album, it would still be a good song. Hmm. It's just not at the same level, and I don't skip it. I'll still listen to that song. Um uh, whereas local rabbits, I just feel like that it's it's just got too much on there that is like not like no i'm not like not that it's not serious like i don't think that you need to take yourself seriously as an artist to be good yeah but like they do have a fair amount of like novelty stuff and like it is very like first album where you have like a lot of covers and you have a lot of like novelty stuff and songs that like you can't really i don't know like i just can't i can't stand behind every song on there you know
1: fair enough yeah um yeah i Don't think I could do it off the top of my head. I mean, obviously Revolver by the Beatles, Mm -hmm. Funhouse by the Stooges, and then, I don't know. I have to think about it from then on. House of the Holy, Led Zeppelin? Hmm. I think I have to make it a top 10.
0: Yeah, that's fair. To
1: encompass... I mean, the problem is it's also like... You know, when people were doing, like, stuff like this in the 1970s, they only had, like, a decade of songs.
0: Yeah, two decades of songs. Like, come on. Or, yeah, one decade. Or really
1: a decade. I mean, unless you were going to go back and dig into, like, doo-wop and stuff like that, which is possible. But I think most people wouldn't have done that. They would have drawn from the 60s or 70s, wherever they were. And, you know, every decade adds to the difficulty of it. You know, like, like, oh, I got to put the Smiths on it or I got to put, you know.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, I used to have a top five mm-hmm. but then when carrie and lowell came out that absolutely had to be added to it because it's such a good yeah yeah album but then it's like what do you bump right <laughs> and then you like things end up getting restructured and your tastes change too and, that's part of it for sure um and i mean i think the other thing is i don't know if it's possible to have like an all-time favorite list because things change yeah right yeah. and like yeah i could have like pre-2015 i could have said like oh this is my all-time favorite top five albums and it'll never change and then Karen Lowell came out the next year and I was like or that year and I was like, Well <laughs> like now it's changing. Yeah. You know?
1: Um I think it would be more interesting to do to me anyway, or for me, would be if I did like to try and figure out like a top five songs uh, albums of the decade.
2: Mm, so okay. to do
1: sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties and stuff like that. That would be more it'd still be a challenge, but I feel like i i feel like it could be more I don't know. It's really hard.
0: It's hard, it's yeah. Really hard.
1: I'm not I'm not really I do like lists. I like other people's lists. I don't like my own lists mm. because I just... You yeah. say
0: that, and yet...
1: Yeah, I do top five lists. But those are like... No, and
0: yet this whole prod, this whole podcast <laughs> and your mixtape project <laughs> is just a list project.
1: I guess it is.
0: Yeah, it is. I guess
1: it is. If I never really looked at it that way. I would well, just look it at is. it as sort of more of an emotional... Thing, then as a
0: lists like, can be emotional
1: As a list thing lists are often emotional i guess i guess let's go to work let's, let's oh, wait, have I, oh sorry have
0: i talked about my top five movies of all time though just kidding <laughs> I, some people <laughs> i find different. some people's movie lists change so frequently yeah yeah and i think that that's weird to have a movie come out and you're like oh this is on my top five now what <laughs> Like people who like you look at their top five and it's like yeah a bunch of movies that came out in the past couple months like how
1: well because lists are emotional
0: no i i realized that i just said that so. um but oh you did say that
1: that's right i I disagree i I was one who tried to posit they were separate from each other so i was agreeing with you mary (laughs) you won me over good job yeah um
0: (laughs) but yeah and i mean like i i try to be i try to not be too rigid with my favorites also right because i feel like if you say like these are my top five or top 10 or top 20 of all time then you're not allowing yourself to love things mm. when they come out right yeah, yeah like you want to be open to enjoying new things rather than just being like these are the things i like and i'm sticking with it right
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: but that being said i think that the most recent movie on my top five list is from three years ago
1: what is, which movie is it i tanya really you put yeah. i Tonya in your top yes, 10
0: i love that movie so much why do you like it so much i don't know every time i watch i mean it, i do it like it cry. but i just oh really yeah i really like it it's
1: a real it's an interesting film because it's a really, really, it's a rhetorical, it's a rhetorical film, is that a word for it? Or it's a, it really is an attempt to convince us of something, right?
0: Well, I think it's interesting because, um, okay, one thing that people always say with history mm-hmm. is, this is biased, so you can't trust it. mm mm-hmm which i and people have said that about i tanya as well they say well it's biased you can't it is biased it. it's biased but towards her yeah everything is biased yeah yeah everything in the world is biased like you're not you can never interact with something that has been created without a bias
2: nope, because
0: we live we like we don't live in a vacuum mm-hmm. right like maybe if you lived in a bubble your whole life and you never came out and then you came out and you watched or you like interacted with something then yeah you would be interacting without it without bias but mm-hmm. like Every, like, the way that that story was reported when it f- was first being reported, it yeah. was being reported with a bias. Every story that's been told about it since then had a bias, and Aitani had a bias as well. Yeah. But, like, that's fine. You just, you have to learn to look at things and. No, no, I wasn't criticizing no, you. I was no, saying. I know, I know you're not. I'm yeah. just saying that this is a response to things I've seen people say. Yeah. Right? Okay. And that's often things I say to people when we're looking at, like, historical sources. Yeah. Right? It's like, you have to examine the bias right because when you're reading something that was written by someone a hundred years ago yeah you have to look at it and you you, you're not you can't look at it and say well this was written at the time so it's true (laughs) because it's not necessarily it was written at the time so it's true to that person's experiences sure. right it's not true to everyone's experience and you also have to take into consideration that person's personal biases
1: and your biases when they, when and you...
0: your biases <laughs> when you're reading it yeah, as well, right? Yeah. like nothing there's nothing out there yeah. that is
1: isn't shaped by our by yeah. our own and you know.
0: like i think an interesting like in um the good place mm-hmm. in the first season when michael and chidi are talking about his about chidi's um uh, book that he wrote about ethics mm. And Michael is, like, summarizing it, and he's like, here you say, like, you know, this definitively, this definitively, but then you end that chapter saying, but maybe it's not. And it's like, how can you do that? You just, like, completely go against everything you say. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, you have to consider all the sides, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And, he, yeah, it's talking about, like, how big it is and how it's so impossible to, um, like, find, a w- a, like, the best way to look at something, because mm-hmm. there's not necessarily, right? mm mm-hmm one good way to look at things they're just yeah we're human and we're always going to be impacted by our emotional state that we're in at the time and also by all of our lived experiences up to whatever point we're making this decision or creating this this thing that other people are going to view
1: yeah 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 that was a film that made me feel very guilty I tanya because i was definitely part of the make fun of this person oh uh, yeah uh contingent so uh,
0: but i mean but everyone, I, but was, everyone was right? so, like, but yeah it was but I, I also think it's it's interesting in that regard as well when it's taking um someone who was such a figure of mockery and adding humanity to mm-hmm, it right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like just making people consider something from more sides yeah right yeah
1: yeah no no it's a very good movie i liked it a lot it's it's interesting that it's on your top mm-hmm. ten list but i'm not top saying I'm not saying, you're, I'm not saying you're wrong top five list mm-hmm. wow I'm not saying you're wrong though. Well, what are your top five movies, Mary?
0: Um, okay, top five in no particular order. She's
1: so pleased that she gets to say this to everyone.
0: <laughs> I Tanya. Yeah. Fargo. Okay. Hot Fuzz. Sure. Mad Max: Fury Road. Okay. It's actually just a top four. Okay. I my my fifth movie fluctuates a lot. Okay. It's like this and it's that and then it's this one and then it's that one. Um, but it's, those are all pretty recent, by the way. No, I I really I mean yeah hmm.
1: within the past like twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm cool once again i have a hard time i have done it i have done a top five list but i find them very hard
0: that's fair there's a lot out there
1: all right so let's uh let's get people
0: say what's your favorite book Mm. you're like oh
1: that's ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) my favorite
0: author maybe my favorite top five authors maybe Okay. All um, right. All right. Let's move on to episode forty-seven.
1: No, let's move on to a Christmas. Oh, to oh, a, Christmas oh, sorry, a Halloween song. song sorry, Good. Halloween song. I want to say a Christmas song. Um, we've been talking for so long. I, th- I thought we moved. We moved to Christmas. <laughs> so this is a this is a fun little gothy band. Um, this is from two thousand two. It's uh, the band's called Rasputina, and the song is called Gingerbread Coffin. So let's give it a listen, everyone.
0: This is kind of a Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was uh Rasputina from like I said 2002 from their album Cabin Fever. They're an interesting group in that they uh are based around two cello players. Okay. So rather so there's like, you know, obviously there's dulcimer and piano and stuff in the song, mm-hmm. but there's the main part of the sound is, is cello, which I think is an interesting uh thing. But anyway, what do you think of the song, Mary? This sure. is our fifth song? Um, let me look. Five, yep.
0: Um, oh, uh I liked it. I oh, liked okay. The song. Okay. Um, I yeah, I thought it was fun.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I hope that you're writing about the right song, though.
0: I hope so too. Well, because my note was that I thought it felt like one of the few songs that could be listened to as a real song, as opposed to just a novelty.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably. I think yeah. that's true. Okay. Yeah, because it's not a novelty song. It's from an album. and yeah. It's just like it, a. It's but, just like a cut from an album. Yeah, so.
0: like Halloween. Yeah. By land As much as I love that song. Yeah. You're not gonna just listen to that song. <laughs> In, like, the summer and be like, oh, this is a fun song, <laughs> yeah, right? That's right. Cause it's, yeah, Because, yeah, it's It's, it's seasonal specific, yeah. It's super seasonal. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the other songs on this um, mix, as well, as we yeah. get into them, have sound effects or talk about Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, or very, very, obviously, very specific Halloween songs. Sure, sure. That you really don't want to... You're not going to be like, oh, listen to this spooky chain-rattling song <laughs> in February. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas is here. Time for...
0: Yeah, <laughs> time for some ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So no, we're going to get to ep- episode forty-seven now, and my turn to read. Okay. And this is Louise writing, and Louise says, uh, "Thanks for the alternate partridge family song list. I didn't realize the albums included tracks that never made it to the TV series. I'll have to give them a listen. Looking, uh, it's kind of like the monkeys as well. The monkeys' albums contain songs that were not, that didn't necessarily make it onto the show, especially later on." Um I'll have to give them a listen. Looking further into the subject, I read there were even more songs that were recorded, but weren't chosen for the show or the albums. Well, that's a lot of music. Yes, it was basically a factory by that point. Like, you know, the the tracks would be recorded by session musicians.
0: And then they just add in the vocals. David Cassidy
1: would just come yeah. in on some day when he wasn't doing the show, and he would just quickly lay down the, the, the vocals for a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. And that's why... And you know, then they would just bring in like the session singers behind and they would just fill in and fill in the tracks. Like they're pretty much done without any input from the actors yeah. for the show. If the Partridge family songs sound like they're from musicals, it may be because of David Cassidy's fairly dramatic singing style. He grew up exposed to theatrical singing. His father, Jack Cassidy, was a Broadway performer. That's true. As was his mum, Evelyn Ward, and his stepmom and co star, Shirley Jones. Even as a young performer, he knew how to sell a lyric to a target demographic, and he respected the material the songwriters created for his character to sing. There was one song that he balked at singing. It took them a long time to convince him to do it. And, and I think because it had a spoken section to it, which he wasn't too keen to do, like kind of a very dramatic sort of spoken part. He did not like that, but I guess they twisted his arm. He also did Broadway musicals himself, post-Partridge. In the 90s, he and his half-brother Sean, also a former pop idol and former Hardy Boy, famously took over the title roles in the Broadway production of Blood Brothers with Petula Clark as their mother, one of my favorite musicals to weep openly at. (laughs) There's a video of them singing the show's finale, Tell Me It's Not True, which their characters don't sing, but that they worked up as a duet for an appearance on Regis and Kathy Lee's show. They achieve a good blend on the harmonies despite never singing together growing up, but you can see the differences in their singing styles. All right, thank you, Louise. That's really interesting. Louise, uh, more than anyone I know, is a fan of Broadway musicals, so I, oh, I'm, really? always, I'm always happy to get her a perspective on that. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, before we get to our Louise, next letter... What
0: was your perspective on Hamilton? Mm. Which was a very popular um, Broadway musical yeah. that had a very unconventional music
1: to mm. it. I think. Yeah. Like the, cause they did sort of rapping yeah. and stuff in it as well. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's unheard of in modern Broadway.
0: No, I, I don't think so, but I think Hamilton is sort of the one that ever. Everyone... Yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure if um, lin Manuel Miranda's first Broadway Muse in the Heights featured that as much. It, mm. it may have. They're actually making a, a movie of it. Okay. It's, or I think it was supposed to come out this year, but it might have been. Sure. Um, but. Yeah, I'm interested to know. Write in, Louise. Let us know.
1: <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, I was I was reading an interview with someone who was working up stuff for a Broadway musical as well, but it, it's on hold now, and so they moved on to something else. Who was it? Oh, Elvis Costello. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Because he just put out an album, which was totally unintended. Hmm. He intended to do a different, different album because right. the pandemic happened. It changed all their plans. Oh, okay. And so he did a different album hmm. uh, called Hey Clockface. It just came out. I've not listened to it yet. I do have it. But... Cool. All right. Halloween songs. Mary, let's listen to the amusingly titled, put together session musician band, Vampire State Building, and their song, <laughs> Barnabas. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. name. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's weird? What? There's like seven different bands with this name.
0: Vampire State Building? Yeah. I guess it's a pretty obvious pun. Yeah.
1: But it's, it's weird at all. Yeah. Like a German band. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird. <laughs> but anyway, this is this is not one of those bands. This is uh, t- entirely... Put together bubblegum session band created created for this for for just to do this song, and this is Barnabas, everyone. And if you know if you know your vampire uh, TV show history, then you'll know where this song comes from. I think Mary doesn't know, but we'll we'll give it a listen. Here we go.
7: 1793, an evil woman named Angelique said with glee, I cast the spell on Barnabas, and what was even worse, she turned him into a
2: vampire.
7: That was his curse. vampire doesn't drink or smoke not even bloody mary's yeah you'd rather have a coke when the night is dark and the moon is full and is nothing to do be careful when you walk at night or he'll put the bite on you Set up going on TV. Barnabas had flown away to Collinsport in Maine to become the Ed Sullivan of the jugular vein.
2: Barnabas, we must go.
1: Back and Mary, what do you uh what do you think of Barnabas? It's fun. It's a fun song. It is a fun song.
0: Yeah, I like the kids singing <laughs> style. Um, I like the like spoo- spooky voice. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's
1: a fun So song. so this came out in Roulette Records. Wait, sorry,
0: what's the song called again?
1: Barnabas. Barnabas. From uh, Roulette Records with the notorious Roulette Records on uh, 45 with the B-side I'm Bats About You. This came out in 1969 and Mary Barnabas is about the lead character of a popular gothic soap opera
2: hmm.
1: called Dark Shadows, oh, okay. which is a show about the wealthy Collins family. And that, they
0: made a movie about it, and they very good.
1: The movie's not great, but the TV show probably isn't great either. It was done, you know, it was a daily show. It was done an hour every day, uh, and I think they had like 1,200 episodes or something like that of, hmm. this, of this show. Holy and so... The show is about 10 months into its run. So the idea of the show is it's a gothic show. It has a lot of ghosts and supernatural elements to it. And at some point, about 10 months into the show's run, the ratings were kind of flagging. And so they brought in this character called Barnabas Collins, who was a 175-year-old vampire. And uh, he was only supposed to be in the show for 10 episodes, but he proved so popular that he became almost the main character of the show. And he has a really interesting backstory, which I'm not gonna go into. Like reading about this the show, I actually became really fascinated by it. And I'm I'm kind of hoping that it's available somewhere on streaming services because because it's this crazy sounding. The song itself was written and produced by a couple of guys, one one guy named John Gross and the guy named John John Lombardo, who had both been members of a band called the Dovells or the Devils, I don't know how to say the name, and then another guy named Steve Powers. And I think it's a great example. Of the wholesale embrace of bubblegum music by the entertainment industry hmm. in the late late 60s, like everyone was using this style of music, right? the Archies, Scooby Doo, like every cartoon that came out at this time. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about a song a little later that was, I I I used the original version of the song, but it was later covered by a group called the Chattanooga Cats, which was an animated show. And yeah, it's just a, uh, it's uh, kind of. It's very interesting, I think, just how much by and like and you know for us now, like we look back at bubblegum music of a certain generation, like, like the people older than me, you know, their view ver- their view of bubblegum music is you know <laughs> spit on the road yeah. because it's so awful and no, no one should like it. Whereas I love it, of course, because it's you know music I really liked a lot, like listening to Goofy Greats and stuff like that as a kid, and so it, it really resonates with me. Yeah, it's curious how uh, how influential it was at the time, but anyway, Mare. You have a letter to read.
0: I do. It is another one by Ed Dragansky. Thank you, Ed. Um. So he says, this episode has me so intrigued. I love to learn more about that tack piano style of music like we heard on Granny Takes a Trip. <laughs> I've always been drawn towards songs like Lady Godiva by Peter and Gordon. And I think wor- G-
1: Godiva. Would be the... Lady
0: Godiva by Peter and Gordon and Words of Love by the Mamas and the Papas because of that player piano kind of ragtime sound those songs have. I'd love it if you went into more detail about more songs like this. I know you can educate us with what you know. Shooting all over YouTube didn't help me. I need David and Mary for my guides. (laughs) I watched a few videos on how tack pianos work, then went off what you said about the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band and watched them for a while. Realizing Neil Innes was involved with the Bonzo Dogs, I followed his videos right into the Rutland BBC stuff. That's pretty good. At some point, I even wandered over to watch Paul McCartney explain and play the Mellotron a bit. Once
1: again, that's a great video.
0: (laughs) Now I'm fascinated with that instrument. I immediately connected its sound with We Had a Good Thing Going by Circle with a Y, another band that has the same kind of antique sound to them. I found them on Spotify, but I can't remember how. This happens a lot. I've been meaning to write about this style of music to you and Mary in hopes that you may cover some more in the podcast, but you kind of met me halfway on this episode by discussing it. Up until I heard this podcast, I didn't have a way to formulate the question, so now I hope this all makes sense combined with what you've already covered.
1: Hmm. I think he means The Circle, uh, who uh, they had a big hit in the 60s called Red Rubber Ball, which was actually written by Paul Simon, but for whatever reason he chose not to record it as Simon Weird. and Garfunkel, but gave it to The Circle to perform... Uh, it's quite a good song, but yeah, it uses kind of like a bouncy sort of harpsichord sound to it as well. And so, it's, sometimes it's hard. And what's funny, Ed, is that uh, when it's, it's interesting that you comment on that because when when I did like a top five series of songs for Sneaky Dragon way back in the day, uh, one of the one of the questions or one of the topics that someone gave me to to do a top five of was top five tack piano slash harpsichord songs. And I think that's a in, also an interesting. Point is that they kind of they kind of merge in a way. There's there's um a you know there's a tack piano sound. that's particularly popular in uh, West Coast uh, productions like you know Van Dyke Parks. If if Van Dyke Parks was on a record as a session player, it most likely had tack piano on it, or he played harpsichord. There was the two things you know, and like Love, who are an incredibly influential band, not popular with Mary for whatever bizarre reason, you know they had like a harpsichord player in their group. So you know it's just like it's. It's interesting how these things kind of happen, how they how they um, you know, merge and converge and whatnot. But yes, that's something that we could talk about at another show. We'll, we'll go into more tack piano kind of stuff because I, I do love that music as well. On you go, Mare.
0: Cool. Um, so he continues. Another story for you. You were discussing the process of buying stock music for projects that didn't provide a lot of money. Back in 2006, there were two commercials that played the same music in the background. One advertised Hummers, and the other was for Captain Morgan Rum, and I had to find it. Before the internet, I'd be hard-pressed to find music I heard somewhere. There was no Shazam app. So I'd call places, look at the fine print, and find someone who knew someone who could tell me about the music I heard. It was actually fun, and the payoff was great once I finally found it. So when I heard the music on the two commercials I mentioned, I found a website called Ad Tunes that featured references and links to every sort of music used in every ad you could think of. To my surprise, there were many others on the site looking for the same piece of music. Some thought it was an unproduced composition by John Barry, but we persisted in helping one another find out what it was. Some weeks later, somebody nailed it down as a piece of music from a stock collection composed by Larry Hawkman. Someone reached out to Hawkman and invited him to the message board at AdTube. He was so flattered by the outpouring of us searching for his music and thinking it was from John Barry that he gave us the music for free. The song is titled Courage from one of Hawkman's music collections, stock compositions. He actually gave us access to his private server to download the entire collection. We bent Hawkman's ear a while while he was on the message board and asked him where he could find where we could find more of his music at the time he said he was working on spam a lot which would later win him a Grammy no- nominee since then Hawkman is most notable for his orchestrations from the Book of Mormons also nominated for and won so I guess this is my brush with a Grammy winner and an, and a really great musical experience by okay. the way I just actually found the message board where this all took place and he has a link to that message board yeah. And you can hear courage in its entirety here, along with some other Hawkman compositions for film, and then a link to a Universal Universal Production Music website. And if you want to have some fun looking through a stock music site, try this one. Another link.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, there's lots of sites where there's a site I found. I'm just going to look it up, and then I didn't have time uh, getting stuff ready for the show. But the it was a it was a site about uh, library music, and they had a. What they did was they would collect, you know, they would figure out what songs were in movies that used library music and what those songs were. So the one I found that was most interesting was for the Holy Grail, and it listed all all the library songs that were used in the movie. So then you could, like, find those songs yourself if you had access to the to the DeWolf catalog of of library music. So cool. that's, that's pretty fun, I think. All right. So, Mare, let's uh, get another Halloween song in here. Okay. Another spooky song. This is more of a macabre song than a Halloween song, but, you know. Yeah. I was looking for a different sort of music, uh, you know, different styles of song, and so I was—I had a, loo- a very loose purview of what I was looking for. Here's what I'm saying: I'm well known for my loose purview. Boing, 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 boing. So let's uh, let's give it let's give a, well, okay, let's give a listen, <laughs> let's give a listen to "Psycho" by Jack Cattell. Here we go, everyone. Can Mary fry
6: some fish? Mama, I'm as hungry as can be Oh lordy, how I wish Mama, that you could keep the baby quiet Cause my head is killing me I saw my ex again last night Mama, she was at the dance at Miller's store she was with that Jackie White, Mama I killed them both And they're buried under Jenkins, Sycamore You think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? Mama pour me a cup You think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? You'd better let him lock me up Don't hand me Johnny's pup, mama Cause I might squeeze him too tight I'm having crazy dreams again, mama So let me tell you about last night I woke up in Johnny's room, Mama Standing right there by his bed With my hands around his throat, Mama Wishing both of us were dead You think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? I just killed Johnny's pup you think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? You'd better let him lock me up You know that little girl next door, Mama I believe her name was Betty Clark Oh, don't tell me that she's dead, Mama Cause I just saw her in the park Sitting on a bench Mama Thinking up a game To play Seems I was Holding a wrench Mama And then my mind Just walked away You think I'm Psycho, don't you, Mama? I didn't mean To break your cup Think like I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? Oh, Mama, why don't you get up?
1: And we're back, and Mary, what did you think of uh, Psycho by Jack Cattell?
0: I was surprised by it. Country music. <laughs> yes.
1: Like I say, I was looking for I was looking for different things. I didn't want to do the same the same song over and over again. So that's fair. You know, I mean, like I said when we started, I could have easily filled this uh, this mix with with you know doo wop songs celebrating Dracula and, right. and other other things. All the
0: Universal Monsters. All the
1: Universal Monsters, but you know, let's not be boring. Let's let's have some fun. Let's put some bubblegum. Let's put some country music into this. Oh. And uh, this song was actually written by a guy named Oh, I sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. It.
0: That's okay. Um I liked it.
1: Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, that was you...
0: a fun song. I liked the story. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yes, you are a psycho.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is a psycho. This is, I, don't think it's, I think his mom was too scared. Or maybe his mom was even alive when he singing oh, to her. No, she's dead. Oh, that's right. Because he said... That's the payoff, that's he's right. He's
0: like, yeah, 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 that's the payoff. He's like, won't you get up or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. Uh, so written by a songwriter named Leon Payne, who was known as the Blind Balladeer. He was born blind in one eye and then lost his sight in his childhood, in his other eye. Uh, best known for... It's the songs like "Lost Highway," which was covered by Hank Williams, and "I Love You Because," which Elvis Presley covered, as well as Eddie Fisher, and um, it was originally like he pitched the song to this guy named Eddie Nowak, who put it out in in the in the um, late '50s. But I don't like I don't think the version is as good as Jack Cattell's, who did a cover in 1974, and it came out on an album called Psycho. And um, apparent I feel like the song is very much based in the film but Leon Payne has said no because he actually didn't really see the film because he's blind he actually was sort of interested in serial killers and was talking to a, a, a fellow musician about various serial killers and so and I guess he thinking about it he started composing this song and so he started to compose a story song and there are references to other serial killers in the song so albert fish gets mentioned when he's okay. talking about you know uh can mary fry some fish so that was a reference to mary bell i think her name was who was another serial killer okay no one at the time and so yeah he just kind of like dropped little hints in the song cool. of other of other uh serial killers so yeah it's um it's uh it's a macabre song is what i'm saying yes. mary. Uh, and halloween in a way yeah i guess it's my turn to read
0: It is. This is a response to Ed's post. Okay, yeah.
1: So this is Louise writing back to Ed. She says, thanks for posting the link to Courage, etc., Edward. Those are truly superior stock music tracks. Love the description of uh, 09, art film, medium tempo, obtuse art film, woodwind, and drums. Is that code for Woody Allen movie? (laughs) I also got a kick out of hearing those classic melodrama piano tunes like 29, Sneaky, In the 90s, I worked on a kids' series that did a lot of parodies of commercials, TV shows, and movies, which needed sound-alike music. At first, the show used what they were called cleared music. Sometimes we, the writers, would be asked to find a track, as not all producers had an ear for music. What a pain it was to go through track after track on CDs to find a good match. Nope, 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 nope. It was especially hard to find current-sounding music for our teen viewers, as the CDs would lag a couple of years behind the trends. Eventually, we got a great up-and-coming Halifax music composer named Blaine Morris to make original tracks for the show. So much better. He's still working in the industry. Coincidentally, a couple of days ago... My mother was watching an old promotional video that I helped her write and shoot for a local girl guide camp. The production house that edited it for her gave her some stock music CDs to choose from for the background music. Hearing the music again took me right back to going through them trying to find the right genre, mood, and the perfect tempo to edit to. It's amazing how fast you can tell when the music isn't right. Nope, 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 nope. And I'll just, I'll just quickly read Ed's response, okay. which is that's great. As an art director, I do the same for a living but with visuals instead of music. So yeah, I've been there too. I wish I could have I wish I could have just a fraction of that time back I've spent with the nope, nope, nope from the last 30 years. Still, it's rewarding when it works well, isn't it? I guess someone has to do it.
0: I do that a lot when I'm making memos and posters at work. Yes. Going through all the different things trying okay. to find something that's bright but not um not too bright so that like you want to find like good, you want to make sure that the wording is big enough so that the old people can read it. And you have to make sure that there's like a good contrast between the poster color and the wordings. So you can't have like blue and then white text. You want to have like a darker blue and then like a lighter, yeah. te- or, like white text or like a light blue and a like, black text. Yeah. And, like yeah. so many to make sure that the font is legible and yeah. All these things titter. To...
1: <laughs> All right. Another Halloween song?
0: Yeah. Let's hear it.
1: I bet you were pleased when this song came up on there. Came up in the mix, Mary. Why? You went, I know this song. I didn't know that song. You didn't know this song? No. Oh, okay. This is The Kinks, everyone. I
0: knew it was The Kinks, but I didn't know the song.
1: Okay. This is uh, Wicked Annabella. And we're back. And Mary, what did you think? I guess you knew it at the kinks. So, what did you think when you heard this song? I like the song a lot. Okay. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I really like the drums. Yeah, the drums. I usually are... notice drums in in a song. Oh, really? But I liked them a lot in this. The drums really...
1: are something I always notice in a Is song. Is it? Yeah. yeah.
0: They're doing a lot of work here.
1: Hmm. I have to not to boast, but I I really like I really experience a song like in all the facets of it. You know okay. what I mean? Like yep. like the drums and the bass. And if right. I and I always notice if they're somehow sub sub. Subs- standard to the right. song you know and it doesn't it doesn't mean the song's bad it's just i'll be like oh not the best drummer in the world or hmm that bass player is really plonking away right like this what you know um this uh, the reason i thought you knew this song is it comes from i would think your favorite kinks album which is the kinks are
0: the village green preservation society yes um well i probably recognized it from there but i didn't actually like i like, didn't remember for, it is from. For, yeah like i i could tell that it was the Kinks. yeah but it's it has been a while since i've listened to that album mm-hmm. yeah
1: that that's an album I would put in my my top ten albums of all time or of the sixties. Yeah, because yeah, there's a, a bunch of albums that I consider like perfect albums. Mm, yeah. That is that they are. I don't have a single bad song on them. Right. Like Revolver would fall under that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Kings or the Village Green Preservation Society would fall under that. The Stooges Fun House would be the right. album. Carrie and Lowell. Mm, um What? Field Music's Tones of Town would be an album. I think every song is perfect. You
0: do, You think Carrie and Lowell is a bad song?
1: I don't know. I'd have to think about it. It's not an album that I, I thought of that way. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, there's el- the album's like that where I just mm, like, this yeah. is a perfect album. Right. There's not a single song on it where I'm just kind of like, hmm, maybe mm. I'll fast forward to this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, this is an unusual song and then it's uh, sung by Dave Davies rather than Ray Davies mm. as well. But yeah, I like it a lot. It's a lot of fun. Cool. I like the guitar in it mm-hmm. with its, the real reverb, that guitar. And then I like the, the um, pow, mau, mau, whatever they're doing, the kind of little bit of... The singing in the yeah. background of the song and as that kind of leads out. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's also spooky. She's a spooky lady. Okay, you want to read the next? Uh...
0: I do. So the next one is from Chris Roberts. And he said, highlight of this bi-week show has to be the wonderful version of Norwegian Wood by Bob Evans. That's very good. As David Hepworth has said, the Beatles didn't just write the best songs, they also made the best tracks. Hmm. Most covers just remind me of how much better their originals were, (laughs) but Bob's instrumental was a fresh, charming delight, played not just with technical expertise, but great wit and warmth. I'm checking out his website now.
1: That's great, and I'm glad I could uh, spread the good word.
0: Yeah, that's great. On the mix itself, I'm sorry to report I struggled with all of the first four songs, though the DBs grew on me repeatlessly.
1: The DBs? The Ask for Jill?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, things picked up with the Go Team and Whitney were fantastic.
1: That's a very good song by Whitney. And you know what? But the problem with that group is I've never heard another song by them that I think is as good as that hmm. song Woman. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: I was just listening to their new album Candid that came out this year. And I thought it was okay, but it was very much one of those albums where you just kind of like, did I listen to a record? Did it just kind of kind of just glide by me without my, me paying much attention to it? Yes, I did.
0: <laughs> um, and then he says, Partridge family were just about worth it to provide an excuse to play the go team again, but the top <laughs> five was too much for me. Enough with the sugar already. <laughs> I, I get that. Um, I do not. <laughs> local rabbits and Jeffrey Frederick provided a welcome retur- return to greatness. Agree. Uh, Tonight's the night may be my favorite Neil Young album, and Tired Eyes is one of his best and most powerful songs. I think so, too. I'm sorry Mary didn't go for it. Pretty much everything he's released in the past ten years has been so lifeless and boring as to make me doubt whether he was ever any good in the first place. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me of his past, ragged gloom, and the faint possibility may yet return again.
1: He definitely has lost his ability to edit himself.
0: Mm, I think that that happens with fame.
1: Yeah, Not to maybe. everyone,
0: but it happens.
1: I think, yeah, Stephen maybe King. maybe people just got too into Dick his... What's this, for Dickie Relling?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and Stephen King. Yeah. Their books just got way too long at the end. Yeah, yeah,
1: know? yeah. Uh, yeah, because no one will edit them because they're too big to to, yeah, eat, to listen to anyone else. Yeah, they're like, yeah. I will,
0: I'm writing the best books of all time. My book can be a thousand pages long. No one well, wants that.
1: Yeah, well, I think what's interesting about Neil Young at that time was, A, yeah, he was in under you know under the control of the record company enough that this album was not released by the record company when it was done oh okay it had came out two years later but also that he himself would put like withdraw albums from release right you know like um homegrown Mm -hmm. which was supposed to come out around this time as well it just came out this this year Mm -hmm. it finally was released you know like so he, he obviously you know and it's not necessarily that homegrown is bad it's just that he obviously had like a sense of of momentum to his career and was trying to but was so excited about what he was doing that he'd really could like throw away the past without anything right but it feels like now like he just has no editor like hmm. everything he does is worthy of release and i wonder that's not the case everyone
0: i feel like there's probably like a couple possibilities with that but i wonder if people start to feel like um like they're sorry like their fame is like so great that any amount of garbage that they put out will never really like deplete the public's idea of them yeah yeah. right like no matter how much like trash you put out people will still think stephen king oh he wrote the shining yeah he did the dead zone like he did all these like things that are considered like big classics Mm -hmm, for that genre mm -hmm. right yeah um yeah
1: yeah i agree I mean, I, you know, I don't know if it, for, well, Stephen King, I don't know if it's nostalgia, but, but definitely, you know, or my age, like definitely reading him, I started reading him in grade eight with Carrie and I read through all his novels, including his really weird novel, Night Shift, which turns out is not a novel, but a section <laughs> of short stories. But anyway, um, you know, but I did reach a point like in grade Dad's, 12.
0: Yeah, reading every short story. Like, I wonder when these threads are going to get yeah, together. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I was. I was so confused. Was the first four stories, eventually I clued in. I went, oh, okay, I get it. Because Every short story collection I'd ever read to the point was in school. Yeah. So I just assumed that, like, anthologies were something that were produced for schools. Right. To make it, you know, to give. Well,
0: yeah, and the other thing is usually short story anthologies that you read in school aren't all one author. That's a bunch right. They're different authors. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so you're kind of like, oh, like, how do these even get published? Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, I used to read my uh, grandma was uh, subscribed to uh, your grandma's. Mom, she subscribed to Ellery Queen magazine. To what story? Ellery Queen magazine. Oh, so Ellery, okay. Ellery Queen was a character. He was a detective character. Right. In a series of books, It was popular enough that he that they started to produce a a magazine. That I guess did he was he supposedly editing? I don't know if that was the case. I don't know if he was like a. You know, I don't know he, if, if he like a
0: character in the real world who was editing. This I think every
1: book had it? like uh, Ellery Queen story as well as other stories written by different mystery authors. Oh, okay. Okay. And I used to read that all the time as a kid. And so yeah. And, uh, So reading this book, where it was just one author with all these collected stories, I didn't—it didn't even occur to me when Mm -hmm. I got it. I just had read all these, all these Stephen King novels, and then I got a new novel, you know, from the library, and I was just like, "Oh, cool! Here's another novel." And then I was reading, I was just like, "I don't get where this story's going." (laughs) I've said this story many times, so I feel like I'm boring, being boring about it, but, but yeah. So I I still like that story. But I, I reached a point uh, with Stephen King where I was just like, "Oh, these these stories aren't good." Yeah. Like I, you know, I had the critical ability to go, well, these aren't any good anymore. And so I just stopped reading after Pet Cemetery. Mm. I did read it, but it only convinced me these stories are no good. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what's the last little bit Chris has to say?
0: Um, oh, he says, the feeling, the feelies, great groove, fine guitars, kind of a television vibe alongside the Velvet's influence. Personally, I really like lead vocals placed way back in the mix. And I thought this was a brilliant closer.
1: Oh, thank you. I I love that song as well. That was probably one of the most nerve-wracking mixes I ever did because I really liked, because I liked, I liked uh, Bill's music, or Bob's music so much that I, I uh, it just made me nervous making a, a mixtape for him. It was just kind of like, I'm being judged. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to another Halloween tune, Mary. Okay. What is it? This is Ronnie Cook and the Gay Lads. And okay, the song is, this, really? What? And the mm-hmm. song is Goo Goo Muck.
10: Okay okay
1: here here we go all right
10: when the sun goes down and the moon comes up i turn into a teenage goo goo muck i cruise through the city and i roam the streets Looking for something that is nice to eat You'd better duck When I show up The goo goo muck I'm the night head hunter Looking for a head With a way out body Underneath that head you baby with a little luck. I'm a teenage tiger and a cuckoo muck. You better duck when I show up, the cuckoo muck. The city is a jungle and I'm a beast A teenage tiger looking for a feast I want the most and still I'll take the least I'm the muck tiger and a teenage beast You better duck when I show up. The goo goo muck. And say, baby like I've been telling you. Uh-huh. I'm the goo 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 goo.
1: And say. And we're back. And Mary, what are you feeling about Ronnie Cook and the Gay Lads?
0: Well, I really like their name. <laughs> first of all
1: it's very good it is a good um i
0: thought the song was fun
1: it is fun and what i appreciate with the song of course is that uh i grew up listening to goo goo muck by the cramps oh okay and so when i first heard this song i was like oh here's the original version of the song that's that's really cool and so yeah so this version came out in um 1962 and was once again a a single was came out on O'dan records, Audan Records, A U D A N Records, on uh, the single, backed with a song called "The Scotch," which is more of a just a regular, you know, kind of dance instrumental. And it was written by Ronnie Cook. Music, he did the music did for Did you it, wince it, when you said "scotch" there? I did wince a little bit. You <laughs> could hear it. Can you hear my voice? And Ed James did the lyrics, although Cook was uncredited on the original release. And of course, as I said, it's. Best known, I think, by the, the version by the Cramps, which came out on their second album, *Psychedelic Jungle*, which is a very good album, by the way. And they were like, they would do the original songs, the Cramps, of course, but they also were like the like the clearinghouse of some of the great like kind of psychobilly and stuff from the oh, okay. from the 50s and okay. 60s. You could count on them to like revive all the great stuff. That's basically how how Lux Interior and Poison Ivy became friends. Was he picked her up hitchhiking one time um, when he was driving somewhere, and he picked up. Poison Ivy. Her name wasn't Poison Poison Ivy then, but uh, he picked her up and and they just became friends and lovers based, based around their love of music and uh, what they really loved in the '70s was all this crazy rockabilly hmm. stuff, called, given kind of a name in the ladies as psychobilly, uh, just because it's so it's so madcap, and that's where they really kind of bonded over and so the, when they started the cramps that was like a main part of the group was to bring this music back into people's attention and this song is one of them you know it's, it's a crazy song i mean what does even goo goo muck mean yeah nothing. like why would you even use those <laughs> yeah. words in a song like Sweet, weird it's not like you know i would turned into a teenage zombie or something that yeah. everyone would know yeah. but it's this really weird thing like a goo goo muck mm. this idea of like almost a slime monster or something like that yeah it's a and of course a lot of the songs are probably like sublimated teenage desire songs where right, you know yeah. you're talking about you know uh sex or right. the desire for you know all these hormones yeah whatever. hormones and stuff like that yeah. is part of the part of the element of I these mean, songs. I think
0: as a teenager we've all felt kind of goo goo muck.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yes, <laughs> we've all had our goo goo muck <laughs> moments. Exactly. So we uh, we should all hear the song and go, oh, I can relate <laughs> to Ronnie Ronnie Cook and the Gay Lads. There's a uh, work we have uh, big boxes that we use to hold parts they're very strong they're like they're like maybe two and a half centimeters thick and they're called gaylords okay that's the name of them mm-hmm. i don't know if they're invented by a man whose last name was gaylord or his Probably. first name is gaylord it is an actual name for yep. someone the famous pitcher gaylord perry would mm-hmm. be an instant of that mm-hmm. but of course it's taken on an insulting yes. thing rather than a. so now, now someone's like what do you some sort of gaylord
0: i don't think people say that anymore
1: no but they used to when i was yeah. a kid
0: I never, I've never, i never heard that other if, than if you, referenced. But
1: if you call somebody like gaylord and someone, a gaylord in front of someone who doesn't work with us, mm. they will always go, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> always. Yeah. They'll kind of give like a smirk, like, huh, gaylord.
0: I'm kind of like,
1: what? <laughs> this is kind of a weird name. You could also call them totes, but they're not really totes, because totes are a different sort of thing, well, yeah. Right? Like,
0: yeah. They're very specific, mm-hmm. because they're created tooled old yeah. parts.
1: It's, uh, yeah, it's one of those weird packing things. It's kind of like, I was reading somewhere one time, when they were talking about stuffing a, a crate with fine fine straw or something like that to hold the stuff in place and they called it Excelsior.
0: Hmm, okay. I
1: thought that was very strange too.
0: Well, I think that that's, I think any job has things that are very specific about it. Yeah. Where yeah. you just like use that terminology and then people are like...
1: Oh, <laughs> what does know, that mean? Like,
0: Oh, right. Yeah, of course. You don't know. You don't know because you're not within my very inner world.
1: <laughs> you're not cool like me. All right. So we're going to go to episode 48 now, Mary. Okay. And we have Louise writing a game. Uh, is it my turn to read yes and louise says uh in a recent facebook post ian commented on the cliched use of the song hallelujah in a trailer for Zack snyder's justice league recut the song is so overused that i've sung it myself in four different concerts with four different choral groups
0: hey another reference back to shrek which (laughs) featured the rufus wainwright version of the song
1: which i really like it's it's probably Actually, you know what's weird is it's the first time I ever heard that song was his version. Oh, really? I never heard anyone else's version you of it did, never heard time.
0: Leonard Cohen's version? I don't,
1: I don't like Leonard Cohen very much.
0: But he's Canadian. You have to like him. I
1: guess I'm, I have to like him. But I'm not a big fan of Leonard Cohen. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a big fan of deep voices.
0: That's right. I'm not a big fan of Leonard Cohen either. Yeah. Just... We were listening. I think I was listening and it's to... And like he's a... also a very
1: talky singer. And if you don't like talky singers, yeah. then
0: that's... I was listening to a thing. It was like his son was on CBC and they were playing a bunch of like the best Leonard Cohen songs. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, well... <laughs>
1: These are the best. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this woman, a uh, teacher I had in uh, Italian in university, going on with great excitement over Leonard Cohen. and I was just like, the women love Leonard Cohen, I guess. it's good for him. Oh yeah. Louise goes on to say, "I countered with another song that keeps popping up in soundtracks, "Snner Man." which just this past week I've heard in the movie, Harriet, and on episodes of the Umbrella Academy and Lovecraft Country, most likely Nina Simone version, I would think. But now that you mention it, Money, That's What I Want, is another song that's been used a lot in film and TV, both the raucous Barrett Strong original and avant-garde The Flying Lizards cover, which I think that's say I hadn't noticed that, but if you're greedy and you know it, just use this version when your character makes an entrance. I don't recall the Beatles version used that way, I wonder. Is that because the rights to the song cost too much money? That would be exactly it. Because the the Beatles, although they do not control their catalogue, have the rights to their performances. So they can decide what songs are used and what songs aren't used. Oh okay. And yeah, it was a great uh and I've but I've said it before, I do feel like bands kinda cut themselves off the knee in their in the modern times of not allowing their songs to be used in commercials. Yeah. Because you do end up disappearing from the public in a way.
0: I wonder if that is going to be changing though. Mm. Mm-hmm with um streaming yes with streaming because but
1: people still have to know about it you know what i mean like you like one of the problems with streaming i would think is the algorithm narrows what you listen to to a to a fine needle no, no, point. No,
0: sorry. Not music streaming. Okay. But TV streaming. Oh, I see. So for me, like when Duncan and I were living together in Chilliwack, yeah. we did not have cable. Yeah. We just had an Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah. And you have a Netflix account that we were on. And I'll see. Duncan has an Amazon Prime. I have Disney Plus. You have Shudder. You have Crave. <laughs> um, yeah. Duncan used to have YouTube but he got rid of it because so it was too expensive. Um, But like, we, you know, he used to watch YouTube stuff. Yeah. YouTube's not like a great example. But... We didn't have cable, so we never saw ads, right? The only time we ever saw ads was watching YouTube videos, which I don't really watch YouTube videos. And um, on Amazon Prime, they have ads for their shows. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if in the future we aren't going to be seeing ads on tv as on like ad or music and ads yeah. as much mm. or like that being like a way that songs come back because like feist yeah for example became very popular because her song was used by apple yeah. in their ads for i think ipods back in like the 2007. yeah yep. um but yeah, I wonder if that is moving more towards having that in like TV shows and that's the way that people start thinking or talking about them.
1: I think it was for the Nanos because they were, they were color, right? So they, they could do the one, two, three, four and have the different colors appear in the commercial. I think
0: that they had that with the, what was the tall one?
1: Oh, sorry. I don't mm. remember.
0: iPad or iPod. Mm. Light? Mm,
1: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. That's, yeah, that's for sure. Like some yeah, someone like Nick Drake, who we've talked about before being brought back by the Volkswagen ad, which used Pink Moon in it. Mm-hmm. And people were like, what is this great song? And then, you know.
0: But yeah. And I mean, like, you know, you still see You
1: still but see ads you get, on YouTube. If you watch YouTube you're, still seeing, you're ads. still seeing
0: ads. Yeah, I don't watch YouTube. yeah. But um
1: Oh, you're more of a nebula person, is there anything?
0: Yeah, no, I prefer to watch things on Quibi. <laughs> um Did you hear Quibi died?
1: Yes, Quibi did die. not um, No, it was a weird it was a weird thing that the idea that I mean like looking at what they made, what they produced, I was like, why didn't they just become a production company? Yeah. And produce but produce stuff for already existing streaming services that people can watch it on lunch already like if you watch netflix at lunch it'll pick up exactly where you left off Mm -hmm. the next day if you if you're only watching like a show you know
0: oh totally and i mean like i will watch uh, like if i want to watch a tv show on my lunch break yeah i will watch like um or like on my break or whatever i'll watch 15 minutes of santa clarita diet and then pick that up the next day or like yeah, couple yeah. hours or whatever sure. right like especially if you're doing like comedies like mm-hmm. it's kind of different with a drama but i mean you're also not going to be watching like a heavy drama sitting on your lunch break anyway yeah like who's sitting on their lunch break at work watching like amazon's homecoming and maybe that's like, a
1: problem with with quippy was that it did have like a later show like the the dummy or whatever it's called the one the sex doll one with with uh, anna kendrick
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Which I thought
1: looked kind of like a fun show.
0: Anna Kendrick's fun, yeah.
1: Anna Kendrick's fun, and it was an interesting idea of like her this talking sex doll kind of situation, who's who's like a.
0: It's an interesting concept.
1: Yeah, you know that 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 one I was curious about, but there was other ones, yeah, where like a woman crashes on a mountain, has to get down from the mountainside, and. Mm. Or the uh, most dangerous game kind of situation okay. with Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. Or the one with... Um... Man,
0: Liam Hemsworth has tried so hard, huh? <laughs> Just realized not happened for him.
1: There's one with that actor who has played Valerian in... Uh... Oh. He's such a creepy looking guy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he is.
0: He was a
1: very bad Valerian because why would you hire a creepy looking guy to play your yeah. hero in a movie? But anyway... um. Uh, yeah, where, where he's like a murderer who p- gets picked up by an Uber driver and then, okay. and her, then her life... You know, and those are all yeah, very dramatic films. Why... Yeah. Like, is that your lunchtime viewing? Yeah, is like, sit- you're watching
0: <laughs> that on, a, on the subway? Like, no, if I'm going to watch something like... um Like, taking... If, if I was going to watch something on my, like, 15-minute SkyTrain ride, yeah. I would be watching, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah. or The Office, mm. right? Something that you can go into, have some laughs, and, like... Yeah, you're not get. you don't, like, I don't want to watch something where I want to be, like, immersed in the experience of this dramatic or, like, scary moment. Yeah. Right? Sitting on the Skytrain, because that's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you're not getting that same experience. It's like yeah. watching, yeah, like, trying, like, I often make the, or I and other people often make the joke about watching Dunkirk. Yeah. On, like, or, like.
1: <laughs> on your phone? On
0: Yeah, on your phone, like, in, like. 20 minute increments on the, on the Skytrain. Yeah. Yeah. And how that would like completely destroy. The experience. The of experience it. of trying to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like a movie like that. Or that's 1917. Right. Yeah. I or... found Tenet really,
1: really confusing when I watched it on my phone. In, yeah, in 10 minute exactly. increments.
0: Yeah. Or like watching a movie that like someone was talking about watching uh, Gravity or Interstellar maybe. On a, on like seeing someone else watching it on a plane. Mm. And being like, is that, I don't think that that's what was intended for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: no, I feel like, yeah, like, obviously, Quibi should have hired us as as consultants. We would have helped yeah. them out a lot. Our advice would have been, don't do it.
0: <laughs> I did read some stories about people who just had, like, bad pittances with Quibi, too. Oh, really? Where they were just, like, it was just kind of obvious that they were, were a little bit behind in the time. Okay. In the kinds of things. I can't remember. I could probably find the time to find. There's an example that I'm thinking specifically that I can't remember.
1: Uh, to be honest, all the trailers i saw for quibi like all the shows looked interesting to me yeah or at least something that i would think about watching but not in the form that they were they were providing it
0: yeah not in the format and then the other thing is um at this point it would take a fair amount for me to subscribe to an (laughs) event. well that's the other problem they're expensive right and i already have like i just listed all the ones that we have like we get Crave v through our tv thing yeah um but
1: but it is expensive. I mean, it's an expensive, expensive. add-on. It's an like, expensive like, yeah, add-on to like, your I TV package. Plus, yeah.
0: That's nine dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Netflix is twelve dollars. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Amazon Prime. I mean, Amazon Prime. Like that's with your yeah. Like, other, either other right?
1: benefits to it. But it's basically yeah. eighty dollars a year, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then like Shutter is
1: five dollars a month.
0: Five, oh, that's pretty good. for Shudder. Yeah. Shutter. yeah yes. For Shutter is five dollars a month. Like it, there a, is. Yeah.
1: They have quite a bit of content for that.
0: Yeah. And um. But yeah, like all that adds up, right? And like if, especially if you're still. Getting cable, mm-hmm. then it's really not. Yeah, I,
1: yeah don't, I don't know. Pretty crazy. All right, so Louise goes on to. to oh, sorry. She Louise then said, she's was oh, here. I'll read her." uh She goes, "Is that because the rights to the song cost too much money, or because the other two works are superior?" And I wouldn't say that. I do think the Beatles version is very good. I just, but like I said before, I think because they control the, they're not. They viewed as Paul McCartney particularly views it as selling out to use the songs, uh, in commercials. So. And and in movies and stuff like that, so it's, it's, you don't really see them too often. A fun Mandarin and English cover of the Motown version by Malaysian born Cheryl Kay was used in the opening scenes of Crazy Rich Asians, which came out in 2018. It was a great way to set up the East versus West vibe and its pride and prejudice like themes of love versus wealth and old versus young. The reprise in the closing credits throws a rap by Aquafina into the cultural culture blender for some extra multi-generational, multinational appeal.
0: Can I interrupt quickly because I found that Quibi anecdote okay. that I was saying? Sure. Which was, um, so Gal, is it Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot, yeah. Um, so came into the Quibi offices yeah. and was like pitching to Katzenberg and the other Well, I think Katzenberg people. Yeah. And she delivered an impassioned speech about wanting to elevate the voices of girls and women. Yeah. After doing this, Katzenberg wondered aloud whether um, she might become the new Jane Fonda and do a workout series for Quibi. Apparently, her face fell, says a person briefed on the meeting. (laughs) Like, what are you? Like, someone comes in and is like, like, I'm really passionate about this. I really want, like, this seems like a really great space to elevate these voices. Yeah, yeah. And he's like... You're a body.
1: <laughs> you have a nice I, body. I want
0: people to look at your body. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. What? Are you, like, it's just so. Yeah.
1: That is interesting. Yeah, here's a here's a guy who, you know, for all his faults, he came into a moribund Disney animation and kind of revived it. Like,
0: yeah. Oh, totally. You know, like, like made
1: it made a big made a big difference to the to the fortunes of of that company in terms of his animation and. Yeah, but I guess eventually you are out of step with reality. Yeah, and uh, you have too much money. And you don't, you don't live in the real world anymore. Okay.
0: And then also Oop. when uh, Quibi sh- was shutting down and he told everyone they're in their jobs. Yeah. He told them to listen to a song from... Oh, really? can feel better, I guess. Okay.
1: Oh, dear. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that it didn't work out. It's a lot of money that went down the tubes, I guess. Hopefully they'll be able to repackage and resell those programs in yeah, some other that, way I
0: think a lot of people are hoping for that because yeah. yeah i think that it is there's some interesting stuff on there yeah, it's just
1: yeah. they look fun i mean that movie with the the woman who ends up in a plane crash on a mountainside and has to make her way down that that sounds like a, a good tv program to sure, me. That I'd sounds watch fun- that yeah yeah
0: in 30 minute increments on netflix or <laughs> <laughs> amazon prime or grave yeah. or whatever i don't know if i'd pay for another streaming service yeah it. no no that's the thing um oh we also have apple TV. although i don't pay for apple TV. yeah
1: until the year's up and then you forget that you have it.
0: Where does <laughs> this five ninety nine a month come
2: from?
1: <laughs> Alright. So let's uh let's listen to another song. This is not necessarily a Halloween song, but it's a macabre song about Do you know what it's about, Mary? Do you know what this song's about? No, what's it about? This song is about cannibalism. So let's give it oh, a listen. Sounds fun. This is the buoys, uh, and the song is Timothy. Here we go. we're back what did you think of the boys timothy that came out on scepter records the scepter records 45 it's back it's a uh, B b-side was it feels good came okay. out in 1970 what do you think of this song i thought it was okay okay
0: i didn't really understand how it was a halloween
1: oh okay well it's more the story of the song
8: yeah
1: i, guess I, I do, do like the song yeah and it's it's um now the boys were a Band playing around. I think they were a Pennsylvania-based band, and they were discovered by the songwriter. This time, a struggling songwriter, coming an up-and-coming songwriter named Rupert Holmes, who you probably know best for his song "Escape, Mary." Okay. If you like Pina Coladas.
0: Oh yeah, and getting caught in the rain. And getting
1: caught in the rain. Yes, his song about he is a big
0: possibly about a married couple cheating on each other. They are
1: married couple who are attempting to cheat on each other.
0: Or possibly. It's some
1: sort of elaborate game. Could be that. I guess it could be that as well. Depends he on how you look at it. he uh, he loves the story songs with a little bit of twist mm-hmm. in them.
2: Okay.
1: Now he, uh, like I say, he discovered this band, The Boys, and he was looking for a way out of where he was. He was working for Scepter Records. He was basically like an arranger and songwriter for them. Mm-hmm. And while he was working at Scepter Records, he was working on a uh, arrangement of the song 16 Tons," which was originally. Then what do you do? Yes. What do you do with 16 tons? He carried around, I guess. Yeah. It's really heavy. The Tennessee Ernie Ford song, but he was make, doing an arrangement of it for the singer named Andy Kim, who probably best known for, to us now as, uh, well, I guess he's kind of come down to us as a singer of, oh, wait, did he sing it? I think he just worked on it. I think he wrote, quote, wrote the song Sugar Sugar for the Archies. Oh, okay. But he also was like, he also became like a solo singer. Uh, and uh, so he was working on this song. And f- 16 tons. 16 tons. Mm-hmm. And he Which started... This is a
0: very well-known folk song.
1: Sure. Now, he was also looking, trying to think of a song to write for the boys. The Buoys. Because what he wanted was... Not the boys. Not the boys. The boys, Amazon Prime, the Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, Prime show. show. <laughs> no. The Buoys. A floating thing that's in a harbor that helps uh, mark where Can I things are.
0: a f- quick funny anecdote about the, t- the boys?
1: If it's funny... It's quick, quick. If it's not funny, I'm going to cut it out of the show. Mm.
0: Well, you'll make, you can make that decision. So so one time I asked Eve if she wanted to hang out with us and yeah. like play games or whatever. Sure. And she was like, no, I'm watching The Boys. And I was like, sorry, you don't want to come hang out with me because you're watching the Amazon Prime original The Boys? Yeah. And she was like, no, I'm babysitting. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, that makes more sense. Because she babysits two brothers. Yeah. And she often calls them The Boys. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, got, I got confused because she'd also been talking about watching this new TV show, The Boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: That is amusing, Mary. Thank you. I will keep that in the show. Oh,
0: good. I'm glad that I passed your, your very, your difficult test.
1: <laughs> so, so his, so his plan with the boys, cause he, he got them signed to Scepter okay. for a one single deal and now Scepter Records, sure. They'll give you the time, the minimal amount of time in the studio to do a song yeah. and maybe a little bit of money for production, mm-hmm. but they're not going to promote it necessarily. Oh. Right. They're not that thrilled by this group. They don't know who they are. They don't care. Right. They got Dino Warwick. Yeah. Who are they promoting? Dion Warwick. Warwick, they got Andy Kim. Who are they promoting? Dion Warwick. Still. <laughs> so, so he, so his plan was to write a song that would get the group banned on radio, and that would give them some notoriety and bring attention to the song.
0: Wait, 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 banned? Yes, like not allowed. Not allowed on the radio, okay, exactly. Interesting.
1: And so, so he was looking for. So he was doing 1610s, and there's a line in the song where he talks about. It talks about how. A man is sinew and bone, like okay, this muscle. Yep. Yep. And he's like, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So a man is just meat. And so he started thinking about a miner. Miner's trapped in a mine.
0: Okay. ER, not OR.
1: ER, that's right. Yep. Miner's trapped in a mine. And so this is what the song is about. It's about Timothy. So we have Timothy. I think Joe. Okay. No, Timothy's not the protagonist. Oh. The protagonist is the person telling us the story. Oh. He's me in the song. He talk- says, Joe, me, and Timothy. Oh. And in the story of the song, they're trapped in a mine for a long time. Uh-huh. Eat Timothy. And when they get rescued, Timothy is gone. Mm. There's only two of them who's rescued—just me and Joe. And he talks about how his stomach was full mm. when he left. And he also talks about how the experience was so ter- horrible right. that he's blanked it out. So right. he has no memory of what actually happened to Timothy, right. except that when they left the mine, he was strangely not hungry anymore.
0: Mm. And his name was Mr. Donner.
1: <laughs> his name was Mr. Donner. And so. He went to a party. So yeah. So so it. So what he did was he took the song and he gave it this really elaborate production with all the horns and the strings and a very light sound to it. But then it has this very dark lyric. And so he wanted like teenagers to pick up on this okay, and really like think this is hilarious that yeah. like the song's being played on the radio. And then, but what radio stations would notice and they would start to ban it. Right. And this is exactly what happened. So radio stations would be like, oh, this song is about cannibalism. Right. Oh my gosh. So then they, they banned it. Mm. And then... But other radio stations be like, "Oh, this song's about cannibalism, and people are requesting it. Let's play it." Right. And so it, it started getting really popular because yeah. teens, of course, being teenagers, yeah, you know, they want to their edge lords. They want to have, they want to have the, this fun of teens, having this song.
0: Teens being teens existed before 4chan, sure.
1: and so this song got to number seventeen. Oh, so wow. it got into the top twenty cool. because of this this kind of weird campaign of yeah. of being subversive. Yeah. But of course, the record company's like, "Oh, now we have a hit." Yeah. You know what? It's Timothy wasn't a guy. Timothy was a mule. Wow. that was in the mine with them Boo. and they ate the mule so it wasn't a person it's not cannibalism Yeah, and they ate a mule as if that's better that you ate an animal you gave a name to Yeah, but anyway so then and then they released uh, two different versions one took out the word hell
2: okay so that could
1: get played in the south right and the other version took out the the idea that uh he, timothy was eaten but uh, those were not the popular versions. Well, the popular no, version not. was the one that was the the kind of fun, yeah. the fun cannibalism version. I don't,
0: that makes me so mad. What <laughs> that makes you mad? That they're just like, let's just make this song not, this song is very popular yeah. as it is. Yeah. Let's make it not fun. That will probably make it even more popular. <laughs> like, no, it got to be popular because of what it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, you making it not fun isn't going to make it more popular.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, party goers. We're interrupting our episode To let you know that the show was running awfully long, it started off as a very reasonable three and a half hour episode. That's not reasonable. It was, you know, completely just like a normal episode length for a podcast.
0: Dad (laughs) texted me at 1030 in the morning and was like, hey, let's start recording. And I was like, oh, okay. It's earlier than I thought. And so then I went and like got water and went to the bathroom and grabbed a sweater and came out here and got out here at like 11. Yeah. And we started, or, you know, whatever. But then we started recording around 11. Sure. Got set up and stuff. You had to print some stuff still. We probably started recording at 11. Yeah. And then at one, I was like, I'm starving to death. Let's break for lunch. Yeah. We took a bit of a break, came back, finished recording at 3.30
1: in the afternoon. Anyway, it was it was it was it was turning into about a four and a half hour show, and yeah. that was with me only adding half of the music to the episode. Yeah. And so I thought, this is too much. Can't expect people to devote an entire lifetime to to the listening party. It's a party. Yeah, it's not a job. No, we don't want to put you guys to work. Well, no. we, I do want to put you to work, but well. that's a totally different thing. So I thought Dad's looking for indentured servants. If anyone's interested, <laughs> I'm looking for indentured servants. That's very true. And so we thought we what we're going to do actually is we're going to break it into two halves. Mm-hmm. We'll have first part. We'll have the first part with this episode. Yes, obviously the one you're listening to. Yeah. Yep. And then the second part will be be in a bye week.
2: Hmm.
1: In two weeks, in a fortnight. In a bye week, and then we'll we will finish it off then. So I think that's perfect time mid-november for yeah. some halloween songs <laughs> sure
0: why not you know it's so, like around the time of remembrance day
1: spooky <laughs> thinking about so yeah that's that's the plan soldiers. so you know it's just a lot it's a lot to put on people's it's plates. a long episode it's a long episode and a lot yeah put, this isn't you know it's 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 fun like with Sneaky Dragon, it's fun every couple of years, mm-hmm. just to like go. Did do all like out. an
0: eight-hour-long episode yeah. or whatever you just, whatever nonsense you guys do for your <laughs> for the question, hundredth
1: for the question and answer shows? 50, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You know, that's just like for fun. Yeah. And but you know, I just don't want to do it all the time as a regular no, thing. So I agree. So yeah, this is gonna be broken in into, and I'm sorry about that. So that's gonna put all a bunch of Halloween songs into the next. Into the next we're turning show. November yeah.
0: into Halloween month as well. We're
1: turning yes, we're turning November into Octvember. What? Octvember. I don't like that at all. Octvember. It's a combination of the eighth and the ninth month.
0: But okay, <laughs> what are you, you're going to argue about this. Well, there's just there's just too much to argue against. There's just <laughs> it's nonsensical.
1: What? Okay, I just I can't believe this is you're going to take a stand against Octvember. One of the greatest months that was mm. never invented.
0: Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> many reasons, actually.
1: So, so everyone, so we apologize. It's just we you know, we had a lot of letters to read. Yep. I chose a lot of songs to play. Uh
0: huh. And
1: We're both a couple of Yaka I Hots. thought
0: Dad. Dad was like, "Oh, I'll give you my favorite Halloween songs." So I was like, "Cool, this will be like five songs." <laughs> and then I was like, "I wonder how many are on there?" And I was like, skipping forward on the CD to see how many, and it just kept going. It just kept going. I was like, "What?"
1: You're getting loud. Oh, sorry.
0: (laughs) I was like, what is going on here? 20 songs. I was expecting five. I thought it was going to be a top five. Yeah. Not a top five. Yeah. It was like a full, like we usually play 12 songs on an episode. Yeah. Usually. A couple bonuses maybe. Like 15 max. Sure. 25 songs we tried to play this
1: time. (laughs) Too many. You know, it's Halloween. It's a time of excess. Sure. Excess candy. Yep. Excess... O- episodes o- of yeah sneaky dragon listing party excess October. Hmm. you were super quiet in the episode and i i apologize to people for that but now you're super loud I don't, I well i don't know i, I gotta find a middle ground i don't ground know here what somewhere. to tell you it's weird it's weird okay this feels very rambly and it is very rambly because we're just trying to throw this together at the last minute so i can get the show up tonight so yep. we we'll say dad the- i don't
0: know if you know this yeah. we like to talk yeah
1: <laughs> it's true it's yeah. true. so mary let people know how they can get in touch with us oh
0: yeah okay um so if you would like your letter read you can uh contact us on our website at sneakydragon.com uh you can comment on like our message boards there you can also find all of our um, addresses and stuff on sneakydragon.com as well. So you can find our Facebook page, which is Sneaky Dragon. You can find our Twitter, which is Sneaky_Dragon, and you can find our email address, which is d at sneakydragon.com. All of those addresses can be found on sneakydragon.com.
1: Okay, well, thank you, sweetie. Yeah. So with that, we'll say goodbye to everyone. For Bye, no- everyone. For now.
0: Bye for now.
1: And we will be back again. You gonna repeat that too?
0: What?
1: You gonna repeat that as well? well- no,
0: I got tired of it. <laughs>
1: We'll be back again in a bye week with the fortnight. remainder of this fantastic Halloween slash October celebration.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still not sure about that, but okay.
1: All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.
4: e n
3: spells Halloween. Halloween means ghosts and goblins, skeletons, monsters, and howling cats, spooky masks and jack-o'-lanterns, witches and devils and big black bats.
4: W double E N spells Halloween. H A double L O W double spells Halloween.
3: Halloween means ringing doorbells, scaring the people who open the door free, get you candy and apples, then go to the next house and get some more.
4: H-A-L-L-O-W-E-N spells Halloween. H-A-L-L-O-W-E-N spells Halloween.